Kiss legend Peter Chris to come out of retirement for two shows. Gene Simmons invites Ace Frehley to perform on End of the Road Tour, again. Sharon Osbourne tearfully reveals that Ozzy has COVID-19. And we tackle our toughest challenge yet as we attempt to name our top 10 albums of all time. Coming up. This is the Plug Podcast. I am Bushy, and with me is Metal Mike. How are you, brother? All right, all right, all right. How you doing, Big Bushy? This is Metal Mike, hanging out. And this was a motherfucker. Let me tell you, I'm going to fucking go off on you right now. Because it was all genres. I'm like, oh my God, why did it have to be all genres? It's been so much easier if it just been hard rock and metal. Just throwing that out there. Well, that's that's why I said that. Because it would be so or much easier. <laughs> I mean, fuck, man. You know, next day you're going to be like, let's do an all-time classical music fucking. Only wouldn't be albums. It'd be like fucking symphonies. Like and pieces shit. and shit. No, that'd be yeah. real hard. Ooh, it would. Even though there are some pieces that I absolutely adore. Same, but my God, how much classical music. Dude, that would take us like a month of, oh, for uh, sure. of, of for prep sure. work. Because you have to go through all the. Nah, nah, I ain't saying that shit. You want to do that, <laughs> you get a hold of Lee Gerstmann. And get on the Lee Gerstmann show because I don't even know if Mark will do that shit. <laughs> uh, but well, if you remember in Metal Lords, there's that piece, uh, the um, cello, and then what she plays? She plays a cello, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, box cello piece. Yeah, concerto part, uh, or some shit. Yeah, whatever. It's but it's one of my favorite pieces. I love that piece, nice. man. Well, it's also like. Um, uh, uh, Crossroads, not the Britney Spears movie, but the Joe Seneca and Ralph Macchio movie, where, Love he, movie. where he defeats Steve Vai with a classical piece. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which was bullshit, but I still love the movie. Yeah. It's at least a once-a-year watcher for me. Oh, yeah, that's a great film. Great uh, film. Hell, yeah. Well, how's your week been? Just busy, dude. Uh, let's see here. Friday, of course, I did my show. Uh, Saturday, I... Uh, um, kind of chilled out at home, but uh, I worked out. You know, Bill goes to this gym 
Planet Fitness, which is open 24 hours, I'm going to join it. So oh, yeah. I, I got some exercise in, worked out, and then Sunday, man, I did some more damage to the trailer. So I'm getting there. Get, I'm, I'm getting there, Bush. I'm getting there, man. Nice. I, I actually see a light at the end of the tunnel now, man. Not much further to go. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. And oh, I just yeah. want to get that piece of shit off my back. No, but then, you know, and then, I, of course, I worked last night. But, yeah, it, was, it wasn't a bad weekend, man. I didn't have a weekend. I've been exhausted. Saturday, all I did was move all day. Sunday, all I did was put the place together, you know. And then I went over to my girl's house, and I spent the night there Sunday night. And then last night, my plan was to finish cleaning up the other place so I could turn in the key. And, uh, you know, my daughter cooked, and, you know, I'm a bad dad. I haven't taught her how to cook. But the other side of that is she didn't take anything out of the freezer, so it was hot dogs and mac and cheese. Well, she was a little tardy with the chow. You know, she wasn't getting it to me fast enough. <laughs> so I had a, I have big, deep bowls, because I'm a big dude. You know, you met me. You know? Right. So I had a big, deep bowl of Raisin Bran, because, yes, I like Raisin Bran. And I have since I was a kid. It's not just because I'm I old. love Raisin Bran. Yeah. I love Raisin Bran. Yeah, I think I it's had one of like, my favorite cereals. Hell, yeah. And then I had like two hot dogs and like two massive plates of, you know, mac and cheese. Hell yeah. Sounds and good, dude. Not that powdery shit, uh, you know, the shells and cheese where you get the creamy cheese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was so full. I cracked a beer, just kind of sat back. I was like, okay, I, I need to finish this up and I'll go back to her house. That was at like maybe 7.30 and I woke up at 5 o'clock this morning. Had to dump my whole beer out because I never even drank it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, shit, dude. I was kind of, I got to be honest. I was shocked that you messaged me and said, hey, man, that other episode's up already. I was like, whoa, I was not expecting that. I wasn't expecting you to have that done till maybe today. Well, here's so that the really, thing. I didn't, because I knew you were moving. You know what I mean? Right. So that really, that really surprised me. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I had a little bit of time Sunday. And when I say a little bit of time, I had about three hours. When I'm able to sit down at a desk, and mm-hmm. actually work on it. It's not as difficult. Uh, it's where, standing up. Yeah, where I was living time. before, I had to stand the whole time just to record. Everybody's like, why are you standing? Why are you standing? Well, fuck you. I'll never tell you that unless we're talking face-to-face. Dude, yeah. after so long, I get sick of it, and I'd have to sit down. So I got to pause everything. Otherwise, I'm getting up every 30 seconds. If I hear a snap I don't like that's got to come out, or I'm talking shit, or you're talking shit, it doesn't fit the conversation. And then this weekend, I was like, holy fuck, you know what? I'm going to edit an episode and get it up. It, it still took two weeks to get the damn show up, but it is up. Seems well, to be I mean, doing okay. Glad, the last man, one's you know, doing okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and I shared the fuck out of it last night. I was like over 100 shares, man. Nice. I, uh, I got a little bit of feedback. Like, normally Mark just posts on Facebook, you know, as he's listening to the show, anything that we say. <laughs> I know. But this it time, this time it was like a send a message to me kind of thing. He texted me. It's like, dude, I was nerding out the whole time. This thing was great. So uh, he obviously appreciated the Spider-Man episode. That's great. Well, he had said something to me that he really liked it. And I guess him and um, I haven't listened to it yet. I think he's put it out, but he's, or he's, I think he's, it's with Jerry Soup. Supe, is that his name? The yeah. Mark and Jerry B. They're doing a top 10 uh, comic book superhero movies, I think, uh, episode. They're either doing it or they've done it. I, I really need to 
check back and see if he's actually put that out. I try to follow the video podcast, but it's easier for me to follow um, freeform rock podcast because it's audio and I got a I've got podcast uh, addict, you know. Right. So I well here's I can download here's, episodes. Again, didn't mean to interrupt. No, uh, it's okay. But here's something interesting. Um, apparently, you can get audio versions of the Mark and Jerry BS sessions on uh, Apple Podcasts. I haven't looked for it yet, but I oh. seem to recall in one of these episodes they've recently done, because um, I won't listen to the Rush episodes. I know he's going to play fucking Rush, and I don't need to be breaking shit at work. <laughs> Damn, dude. But, uh,. Yeah. I haven't listened to that yet, but I'm going to because I happen to like Rush. I know Not you, everything they've ever done, but I do like them. Go ahead. I don't need a 40-minute song on anything. Guess why I don't like Dream Theater? Because they literally have a 40-minute song. But uh, he was saying that uh, I I believe, and he'll correct me in the comments once this episode Oh, I'm sure. He's out. very good at correcting us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love him, though, because he's just like, well, Metal Mike. You know, and I, I'm just glad he, you know, I, I mean, I hope... I mean, I don't think he is, but I hope he's not taking because he always puts that LOL at the end. So I don't yeah, think yeah. he's taking it. Personally. No, no. And when he commented today, because it was something I had said, and I was like, I'm just pointing out the growth, dude, because he's trying to defend Andrew Jacobs' episodes in the Lee, and I mean Viking, tall, six foot blonde chick Lee. Yeah, the crazy bitch yeah. that was a DJ at our station yeah. who went on and, and lambasted us and said we were sexually harassed. Hey, nobody was sexually harassing that ugly fucking. Amazon looking fucking I don't know God she was scary man that bitch yeah. was scary it, I'm it had, sorry it had to have a producer to run Sam yeah <sighs> like I'm like really like man man she was a fucking flake man that so for all them kids that bullied you back in school man fuck them you're doing okay I mean you ain't making yeah, no money for it but you're doing okay <laughs> yeah dude you know I mean and and not only that man we all been bullied buddy trust oh, me yeah. on that like I oh, you know. Anyway. You think I'm skinny now? You should have seen me in high school, 6'3", oh. 170 pounds. Fuck, dude. I was a fetus with clothes on with Elvis hair and glasses, so I know. <laughs> I didn't bulk up till well after high school. I was, like, in my 20s. Once I started working out and I learned how to eat and drink beer, that's when I got the... And, and back in the day, like in the 90s, I worked out all the time, so I was... <clears throat> and that's why I went to the gym this weekend, man, and I feel better already. I'm like, yeah, I might be 51, but I could still pack on the muscle. It won't be long. Outstanding. I'll be like, little bushy, let's do this, yeah. <laughs> you going to pump me up? Yeah. <laughs> Peter Chris is coming out of retirement, man. Uh, the last time he's been out uh, was in 2018 doing a meet and greet with Gene. Uh, before that, I think his last performance was in 2017. But uh, according to Q104.3, and this is updated. Last I heard, it was one show. Uh, Kiss drummer Peter Chris is suspending his retirement from music for a few days later this month. It was previously announced that Kiss co-founding Catman would join Ace Frehley. I hate how it says Catman. Would join Ace Frehley for a performance at Creatures Fest in Nashville on May 27th. But now Chris has announced an additional performance as special guest with Australian rocker Sisters Doll on uh, May 22nd at the Cutting Room in New York City. Uh, that's the same venue where he made his last live performance. And Sisters Doll was his backing band at the time. So yeah, man, he's he's coming out. 
Interesting. Well, you know what? As long as he can perform at a high level, now is he just going to be there to sing? I guess the drummer for the band will be drumming, right? I would assume. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. He can still drum. And you, you need triggers and you need a mic well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, he's, um, he's I, 76 years old, for Christ's sakes. Well, I don't think he even has to drum. He's still got a great voice. The last time I heard him sing, he sounded fine, man. Oh, so. yeah. I say just fucking let the band back you up and sing your fucking heart out, Cat, man. Fuck it, you know? He doesn't have anything to prove. He's Peter fucking Chris, okay? Like, seriously. You know, it's it's the same thing I feel about, even though I, like, when our good friend Chris Sinzak of the Decimal Geek podcast stated when he wrote that article, and I agreed with him 100%, and I do agree Chris is absolutely right. We do need to start supporting the newer bands more. I mean, I do the best I can to, and I know you do as well, but... You know, I, I, I totally get what he's saying, you know, because it's like guys like Paul, John Bon Jovi, they've made their money. Really, they don't really they're just doing it because it's all they know and they don't know anything else, man. I, I mean, I won't go pay. Well, you know me. I'm not a Bon Jovi fan anyway. I'm not going to go see Kiss. The last time I saw Kiss was the farewell tour. The real one. OK, right. But that being said, who am I to tell somebody you know, well, you shouldn't go or you can't go, especially if you're a young person who's never seen a band like Kiss Live. If you and you've only heard about it, you should go. I will say this though: it is, it does break my heart to see Paul struggle like he does. It's like watching an old athlete who's past their prime. You know, it it is sad to me, but at the same time, man, he he's Paul Stanley. I think he should be able to do whatever the fuck he wants. Like. You don't have to go see him. It doesn't matter to me. If Paul wants to keep doing what he wants to do, Peter, or whoever, you know, they've earned the right to do that, in my opinion. Well, that's I agree. I agree. And uh, like I said, this is Q104.3. Uh, that's classic rock in New York. What's interesting is they made sure to say uh, Chris has not appeared publicly with another bandmate from Kiss since that meet and greet with Gene. The drummer's renewed interest in playing live comes as Kiss moves into the final stages of its end-of-the-road farewell tour. Chris and Fraley have both been out of Kiss since the early 2000s, but their former bandmates Simmons and Paul Stanley have repeatedly expressed interest in reuniting the original Kiss lineup, if only for one song before the band calls it quits. While Fraley has held out for a reunion as a full member of the band, Chris has kept quiet on the matter. Kiss fans will reasonably interpret his live return as a ramp-up to something more substantial with Kiss, but that remains to be seen. And that's interesting. Do you think that maybe, maybe that final show, all four are on stage to do a song? And if so, what iconic Kiss classic do you think they would do? Number one, it could happen. I hate to say it because it's a totally, totally played out fucking song. Uh, don't say rock and roll all night. But I, dude, I'd be but look, I, I look. You I mean the final, this. the final song of the night? They finally come yep. out after two hours. Of course, they'll end it with that. I, I'm willing to bet money on it. Cold Hard Cash. That's the song they fucking play, which is very disappointing to us hardcores. But we're not the hardcores. See, we're we're not the we're not the casuals. We're not like I got to be honest with you. I know this is going to sound harsh, considering they they opened the gateway to me. They they broke my hard rock heavy metal cherry, so to speak. But I could give a fuck less. I don't care. See, I, I saw that. Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer because that was Nevaeh's first Kiss concert, and and I get that you want your like, little girl to experience it, what a Kiss show is like. I understand. I'm not. I don't judge people. Oh, I'm you know, saying like, I would pay money to see Peter and Ace on stage one last time, makeup or not. 
I don't know. I would man. be more impressed if Gina Paul ran backstage for a fucking uh, change, got some makeup remover, and they just came out without the wigs and all that shit, and all four old guys got up there and you know what closed I think out their really career. Cool? I think would be really cool if they closed out their career, believe it or not, is to fucking do one more unplugged. The original members. I think that... with that you know gene simmons uh again has invited ace to perform and ace hasn't responded they're they're kind of uh this the same topic i mean ace is still top of his game i mean he never had a good voice anyway so he could still sing um and his chops man every video i see of ace because i've never seen Ace solo ever i saw him in 96 on the reunion and in 99 on the farewell that's my only experience with Ace. Five, uh, five, I five, I saw no. them when Ace was still trying to learn his licks and had a, a couple fuck-ups, and I loved it. I loved that he fucked up solos because it's like, yes, they're really playing. Dude, they played. It was great. And, and you know, some of the Kiss Tarts had pissed me off when they wanted to disparage it. You couldn't even remember solos. He hadn't played some of those songs in well over a decade. For real. You know, what the fuck do you expect, man? You know, like, I'm going... And not only that, but Ace, even if you look at the old footage... Fucking Peter had to listen to the, a live session so that he could learn his drum parts. Yeah, um, look, bro... For the unplugged thing they did back in the day. Sure, and, and again, because he had... You know, what's that old saying? If you don't use it, you lose it. Exactly. And while Ace was still performing, he wasn't playing a lot of those old Kiss songs. No. Maybe a song here or there, but he wasn't doing the whole fucking Kiss catalog, all right? Right. So, you know, like when people fucking would whine about that or complain about that, it was like, uh, okay, and here's another thing. If you watch the old Kiss footage from back in their heyday... Not every fucking guitar solo was exactly the way it was on the album. Let's be real here, you know? So, like I said, man, and, and this goes for every fucking fan base...
Ozzy has COVID. Yes. And just reported six hours ago, uh, Sharon Osbourne gives uh, Ozzy COVID update. Whole house now has it. Oh, bummer. Now, uh, this was scary a week ago or three days ago when I first saw it. But as I'm reading through this, uh, and I'm, I'm assuming they're He's vaccinated. missing pretty well is what Jack yeah. Osborne said. He said he's yeah. on the mend, which means, okay, good news. Yeah, they're, I mean, he's vaccinated and boosted. And a guy his age, he's he falls into that category that needs to have these vaccine boosters. Yes, yes. So it's, uh, my concern for him, though, is because, I mean, the last few years, he's had a lot of health issues. Yeah. Uh, leaving the Parkinson's aside, which, by the way, he got diagnosed with. I knew it. I knew it when he was making those Osborns. Everybody was making fun of him. And, oh, he's stammering. He's blah, blah. He's so burned out. I said then, I'm like, he's trembling. That motherfucker's got Parkinson's. I called, you know, because I'm a nurse. Right. I called it. I called it ages ago. He just came out with it just a, a year or so ago or however long ago. But he's had right. Parkinson's for a while. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, like I said, not as hard hitting a news story as I thought it was going to be because as I was, you know, setting up for this, I was like, oh, well, he's getting better. Now it's Ozzy and Kelly, whatever, <laughs> or Sharon and Kelly. And I don't wish any death or anything on anybody. Oh, no. Sharon, Sharon has kept Ozzy alive, but. Look, yeah, fuck her. It is look, interesting. They're moving back to the UK, man. They're they're yeah. saying fuck America. Well, they're fucking fuck California specifically because the taxes out there. The, are the taxes, horrible. yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing: when it comes to sharing, I, look, I don't agree with everything she's ever done. It's kind of like what Ralph said a while back on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. It was one thing if she wanted to just throw eggs at Bruce Dickinson, but she want you know she she attacked the whole band. Not cool. Sharon's done a lot of controversial things. I don't approve yeah. everything she's done. But look, folks, you got to take the good with the bad. All right. Without Sharon Osbourne, there is no Ozzy Osbourne, the solo artist. Period. Exclamation point. Done. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. You know, you can say what you want, but it's the truth, man. I got to tell you, uh, we don't have any new reviews. Come on, guys. If, if you like what you're hearing, Go to Apple Podcasts and uh, leave us a five-star review. Go to Podchaser. Go to a lot of different... They got Facebook. There's a thing where you can leave a Facebook. I don't know, I don't know if we're on Podchaser. Yeah, I may have to do that myself mm. to get, get to get us on there. Whoa. But you could definitely go to the like page and leave us a recommendation. Yeah, totally. Yes, yes. But Adam and C... Uh, He's a listener of ThatMetalStation.com. That guy is awesome, and he's actually coming to the chat room when I've been on the air at ThatMetalStation.com. Yeah, hell yeah. And said he, he was a fan of the podcast, so. Yeah. Well, he hit me up uh, at 5.36 today. Uh, we start recording at 6. Uh, told you. He got a hold of me like 20 minutes prior. He said, what's up, brother? Went back and listened to older episodes of the podcast, and these dudes are awesome. Thanks for sharing. I'm really digging their sound. And this goes back to the uh, the band Hustle Souls uh, that we talked about. Cool. And, uh, and, I, and I included a little bit of music in uh, quite a while ago. It may have been on the uh, Alice Cooper episode, for all I know. But yeah, he, he was digging it and turned somebody on to something that was not rock and or metal. Cool. 
Well, I think he even said in the chat room he's not the biggest metal fan, but he goes, I might have to change my mind because I guess he really liked a lot of the stuff I was playing, you know. He was uh, private messaging with me in the chat uh, while I was doing my show one day, and and I was just explaining it to him. I was like, look, I... You know, I, I grew up on Top 40 FM radio, so all the quote-unquote metal I got before I was, you know, discovered Headbangers Ball on MTV, before cable came way the fuck out to that small town I was living in. Dude, Top 40 is all I had. That's right. why I like my Warrants and Poisons and Bon Jovi's and, well, Kiss I discovered early, but even they were all over Top 40 radio at ACDC. You know, you got a lot more hard rock and, you know, metal of the day on Top 40 radio, and then... Christ, by the time, you know, the Black Album comes out and Countdown to Extinction came out, mm -hmm. the thrash bands are getting on the radio, you know? So well, he's yeah, like, yeah, that's on, kind of me too. You got a, you got turned on to Megadeth, though, because of the videos, though, right? Because of MTV? My stepdad had the video for Peace Cells. And that's how you got turned on. Because yeah. you got introduced to Megadeth before Metallica. And see, I have to say... That might not have been the case if Metallica hadn't had such a hard stance against videos at that time. You know, he was into the same thing, too. You know, that was kind of his background. It's just Top 40 Radio. Mm -hmm. uh, now, he's from North Carolina. I don't know where exactly. I know here there's no rock metal station. So, uh, thanks, Adam and C, for uh, reaching out. Uh, I won't use your real name because I'm not sure if you want me to. Um but yeah, thanks. That, that was cool. I'm glad we turned you on to something. Yes. Check out our other episodes. We got some good stuff. Check out Let It Rot. That'll check it. That'll yeah. that'll pucker your asshole. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> but again, Adam and see, he as I said, he's been coming out, to, uh, coming on into the chat room, and I definitely appreciate that. Appreciate your support, brother. Thank you for you know listening and and and, and commenting, and, and please anybody out there, let us know your thoughts, man. I mean. That we welcome debate and discourse here on the Plug Podcast and at that metal station. decided to do this shit <laughs> oh. it wasn't me oh yeah Bushy had this great idea that hey let's just do our top 10 favorite albums of all time any genre or all genres is yes. what I said all yes. genres all inclusive episode Metal Mike got a hold of me the next day and he's like <laughs> he's like dude can we do top 20 this is fucking hard and I thought about it for a minute, and I'm like, no, because it's hard is why this is going to be so much goddamn fun. 
And it's hilarious because Metal Mike, while we're recording, has just updated his list again. Yeah. (laughs) It's impossible. I've got stuff scratched out all over my notes. My number 10 switched. All because I said that Queensryche Operation Mind Crime was one of my all-time favorite albums, which it is. It would probably be in my top 10 hard rock metal albums. Again, though, it all depends on how you want to do this. I mean, do you want to do like, and I guess we're going to, I'm glutton for punishment myself because of the suggestion I made for next week, but that's okay. That's yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Ne- yeah. Next week's going to be rough. I think, I think it'll be fun though. You know, because we've done top five list or whatever of band albums, you know, but this yeah. is like just albums in general, you know, and, um, uh, well, I, I say there's nothing better to do than just dive in Metal Mike, number 10, man. What do you have for your 10th uh, uh, favorite album of all time? All right, man. Some As of this be, recording. And, and, and keep in <laughs> mind, this is all genres, guys. Okay? This isn't metal. This isn't like decade by decade or whatever. Um, but to me, and my criteria for this, one of the big ones was it has to be a perfect album to my mind. It has to be an album that there's all killer, no filler even, or even the filler is killer. Killer filler is our good friend Wadzilla from the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast says. So I, I, that was my criteria. Um, now, my earlier list was almost all hard rock and metal. And the main reason why is because as much as I love a lot of other kinds of music, Hard rock and heavy metal is always going to be my first love. I mean, my name's DJ Metal Mike, for fuck's sake. You know, it's like so. So here we go. Number 10, in my opinion, the greatest metal album of the 90s, the greatest metal band of the 90s, and a perfect, perfect record, Pantera's Vulgar Display of Power. I mean, I don't see how you can go wrong. I'm sure there's going to be some people out there like, my why number 10? You know, because James West, I know he... Totally, totally loves Pantera, and so do I. Yes, Pantera were an amazing band, and they do deserve a lot of the accolades they get. I know it's kind of gotten popular now for some people to kind of bash on them or kind of um, uh, disparage what they've done. Like, well, they weren't that great, and, 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 you know, they're overrated or whatever the fuck, man. You know, Pantera, (laughs) Pantera is a phenomenal band, and this was the perfect album, in my opinion. There you go, man. I, I don't really see what more I can say about it. I mean, you're talking about a band that, much like another band on the list, did so much for fucking metal that it's almost pointless to even point it out. Like, it's just, they're the fucking shit. That's it. I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I find no fault in that record. Um, I can tell you Pantera's nowhere on my top ten list. Uh, they may make a top 20 for me, but Vulgar Display, dude... That and Cowboys from Hell are the two Pantera albums that I go back to all the time. Right on. I find no fault in that whatsoever. And mine, oddly enough, is going to stay in the uh, metal realm. Uh, You just mentioned it. Operation Mind Crime. Nice. Perfect fucking album. Start to finish yes yes and, and dude and i struggled because i so much wanted to put this on this list like i dude i i would say fucking operation mind crime might be number 11 for fucking real it's so close it was so hard uh garth brooks got moved for mind crime cheap trick at budokan got moved for mind crime <laughs> I mean, wow it's just such a good fucking yeah that dude it was it was tough 
I'm not a huge Cheap Trick fan, but Cheap Trick of Budokan with that live version of fucking uh, I Want You to Want Me and Surrender and you know everything else on there is just amazing. Mm-hmm. But this is a perfect album. Mm-hmm. It's metal as fuck. Even the ballads aren't ballady. The story flows. Oh, it's, and it's a compelling story. It's a great story. I it mean, absolutely is. And I can tell you, I, I will give you a spoiler. Iron Maiden's Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, which is also a concept album, mm-hmm. although disjointed, is not on my list. And Music from the Elder, which is a concept album, although very disjointed, is not on this list. Well, I can see why. But anyway, that's me. <laughs> Yeah, Operation Mindcrime is my number ten. Dude, I can't argue with that. Like I said, man, it was. It, I struggled. I struggled because I'm like, oh fuck, man. Like, yeah, Operation Mindcrime. It is a. It is a perfect record. It's just a perfect album from beginning to end. And it's also that album when when I've had friends go, well, I don't really like progressive metal. Okay, listen to this and tell me if you don't like progressive metal because Queensrÿche are definitely progressive metal, but. They do it in a way to where it seems like people who aren't really a bit like you love them anyway. I don't know. There's just something. They're they're they were. This was them at the top of their game. I don't think they ever did any. I know Empire was the bigger hit commercially, and Empire's a good solid record. I, I love that record. I love it too. Hey man, I think the first five like maybe Q2K. I was done with. I'm done with them. Hey, I think maybe the first five six. Queensryche albums are great records. Like I love Promised Land. I think that's a great record. But man, to me, this is the this was Queensryche at their fucking pinnacle, bro. Yeah. You know, it's just it's a brilliant, brilliant album, and it's one that I go back to a lot. Queens Queen Queensryche, to me, <laughs> that album. I think what the comparison was, Bushy, was the fact that it, it was a concept album that it told a story that it right. that it. And, and it but was those just aren't a, new Tommy by the Who. Was, no, no, no. This one was just not. perfect. But yeah, well, I think the wall's perfect. But again, that's me. Um, I think it's the best thing Pete Floyd ever did. Again, that's my opinion, though. My number nine, maybe expected, maybe unexpected. NWA straight out of Compton. I think this is the most important rap album of the '80s. And I'll tell you why. <clears throat> My experience rap prior to that was, you know, teeny bopper rap, Sugar Hill Gang. Uh, I don't know that I had discovered Ice-T yet, who is my all-time favorite, but I think this album is perfect. Uh, uh, you know, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, you know, Hammer, you know, stuff like that. Tone Loke, Young MC, you know, fun, radio-friendly rap. I grew up on military bases all around the world, you know, un, you know, until we got stationed at Fort Drum and we actually didn't live on the base. And, dude, I interacted and lived with all races, creeds, nationalities, religions. I had no idea what was going on. And these guys just, dude, they broke out and didn't give a shit. They were laying it down. They were telling you what the hell was going on. And yeah, they caught some heat because they, you know, were saying, fuck the police. But what an amazing album. I, uh, dude, I, I could say nothing bad about this, racker, uh, th- this uh, record. And uh, look, 
half of this group has gone on to make millions and millions because they can still bring the content. Yeah, uh, fucking uh, straight out of Compton, dude. Great album, straight out of Compton. Fuck the police, gangsta, gangsta. If it ain't rough, parental discretion is advised. You know, dude, they were just, they didn't give a shit. I think it's the most important album in hip hop ever. Um, I can't argue with that. Uh, to me, I'm not a big rap guy. I like some of it. Definitely like this album. This obviously there was hip hop and rap before NWA, but to me they they created a new subgenre. They are to gangster rap what Black Sabbath is to metal. They practically invented that subgenre of rap and hip hop. They. Yeah, that, that even album though I think Ice T, even though I think Ice T came out first, that might be true, man. But I'm just saying, um, and I love Ice T. Oh, he's my not, favorite. Yeah, Absolutely. he's great. He's great. But love- he's got hit or miss songs for me. You know, I was back there when his Power Days. You know, uh, and that's that's well before original Gangster. You know, I and I love Ice T, oh, but he's too. hit or miss. Dude, NWA, yeah, I, I, yeah. Him, and the, him and his rap group, the Rhyme Syndicate, they were great. And and then when he went and did the Metal Project with Body Count, I loved, I loved that too. So I speaking I, of Body Count, they're going into the studio to record their next album. Cool. Ice T is not going on. They've tour. been on normally, a roll lately. Dude, normally when SVU wraps up, they go on tour. Ice T just announced on either Instagram or Twitter, definitely Twitter because I'm on there a lot, um, that they will not be touring this year, or he will not be touring this year because they're working on the new body count record. opinion um like i said man i i think um straight out of compton it was it was game changing it was uh and then of course they all a lot of them you know uh easy ice cube dr drake went on and had very successful solo career so there's no question that they are a very very important band in the subgenre of rap and hip-hop and and like i said i mean to me what they they are to gangster rap Again, along with Ice-T. I would include Ice-T in that conversation, too, of course. Oh, yeah, because I, I think Ice-T and uh, uh, N.W.A. were the originators. I think N.W.A. broke faster. Mm-hmm. I think, oh. I think. I mean, like, don't hold me to it. I think Ice-T came out earlier. He might have. He might have. I'm not, I'm not a rap 
expert, you know, so I can't really say, but I do remember a lot of my friends had that record and we'd drive around and man, we'd be fucking jamming, you know, Slayer or whatever. And, and right afterwards, pop that record in or that tape in it. Yeah. You know, so I, um, I definitely think it deserves to be on a list. Bushy. Uh, it, it was a, it was a groundbreaking, um, you know, seminal album. No, no doubt about it, man. Good, okay. good pick. Good pick. Let, let me tell you right away, or, or real quick, and, and thank you. I thought it was a good pick. Rhyme Pays was 87. Power was 88. So Power and uh, Straight Outta Compton came out the same year. And then Iceberg, Freedom of Speech, which is, boy, that's one of my favorite Ice-T albums, was 89. Then the original Gangster was 91. And they got all that notoriety because of uh, the movie New Jack City. Cool. But yeah, yeah, NWA. You know, I had, you know, I had to have at least one hip hop album, and I went with the greatest fucking hip hop album of all time. I, again, I don't think you can argue with that. To me, it's not. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of old school. Like I love the Ghetto Boys. <laughs> I like, I like. Fuck um, yeah, Ghetto Boys, Scarface. Don't get me going, boy. Yeah, I I like the lot. <laughs> Remember, of that I grew up with all creeds and nationalities, <laughs> religions, and everything. So Bro, I, read these I, Nikes, fucking classic. You know, oh, like yeah. I love that shit. So, yeah. Um, I went to Family Values so that I could see Run DMC and just kind of fell in love with Limp Biscuit. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> so, what's your number nine, man? Number nine again. This is um, just a seminal record. Um, you could say this band, especially their first three albums, any one of them could be considered seminal. I would say the first album, totally groundbreaking, but to me, this was their masterpiece. It's one of the um, albums that, in my opinion, right along with a couple other records, is the reason why, in my opinion, 1986 is the greatest year in thrash metal, and that is Metallica's Master of Puppets. Um, just a perfect album from beginning to end. You just, you know, I mean, come on, man. Released March 3rd, 1986. And what's so sad is with what, five months later, Cliff Burton was gone, man. And um, it's just a phenomenal album from beginning to end. No, all killer. No fucking filler on this one. Uh, Cliff Burton is at the top of his game. I think Orion is one of the greatest um, rock slash metal instrumentals ever done. I mean, just the whole track listing alone. I mean, my God, you got it starts off with battery, which is just a punch in the fucking face. Then you got the title track, the thing that should not be, which I always think of my ex uh, fiance when I think of that or listen to that song. Welcome Home Sanitarium, which, again, that's two songs that aren't right there. Thing that should not be in Welcome Home. Everybody's always like, would you expect Metallica to play 90 miles an hour for the rest? No, those songs aren't fucking 90 miles an hour, but they fucking jam. They fucking rule. I mean, Disposable Heroes. Oh, my God. I love that song, man. Especially the whole, back to the front. You will do what I say when I say back to the front. It, it's just a great, fuck, man. Leopard Messiah, Orion, like I said, greatest, one of the greatest instrumentals ever known. And then, in my opinion, one of the greatest closing tracks in, in rock and metal history, Damage Incorporated, my all-time favorite Metallica song. Written by all four members of the band. This fucking album rules, man. Mic drop. It, it, yeah, it it definitely does. It makes my number eight seem like a pussy album. But no, dude, Master of Puppets. I, I have a weird relationship with Master of Puppets. Because I love 
ride the lightning so much. Hey, but that's a great listen, record, dude. But it's funny because when I listen to Master of Puppets, I'm like, dude, when you're open to a battery, I'm like, the fuck do I like lightning so much for? But, bro, come on. And then I hear fair. for whom the bell tolls and fucking like, dude, you know, call a Tulu. Bro, <laughs> fucking, battery is a fucking punch in the face. But goddamn, oh. dude, fight fire with fire. That's a ripper. Kane, my nephew, his all-time favorite Metallica album is Ride the Lightning. You could make the argument that, the, to me, you could make the argument for Kill Em All. Like, he, he, you know, it's all subjective. Let's be honest, we're pathetically subjective here. Pathetically um, subjective. Yeah, dude, this fucking album, to me, it's just it's just perfect. And like I said, I could have went with, to me, the Cliff Burton era is fucking flawless. Dude, I cannot shit on Master of Puppets at all. Right. And I think if you're a metalhead and you shit on Master of Puppets, well, you're definitely a bigger poser than me, and I like fucking Millie Vanilli and Hanson, okay? Ha! <laughs> Hit me. Elton John, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Nice! Oh, nice! What, what a perfect fucking album. You want to know something funny? Remember when I was bitching at you earlier about fucking when we mentioned Elton John? I said, motherfucker, I got to write down another honorable mention. Guess what that honorable mention is? Oh, Yellow Brick Road? Fuck yeah! Fucking nice. fantastic. Dude, it's amazing. And I, I love that it's a double album. And it's still only 76 minutes. Yeah. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's in my opinion, it's Elton's masterpiece. Now, he, yeah, you can say he, he had some good records before. He had some good solid stuff i even like some people want to bag on on um elton john's 80s stuff like things like i'm still standing or Fuck i guess that. that's why dude, i call too low it. for zero is my second favorite elton dude, john record. i love i'm still standing i love i guess why they call it the blues i'm like why are people bagging on that it's that? july and it's as cold as christmas in the middle of the year nah, dude I, fuck that that shit rules i i agree I, I i'm like what are you talking about man like i think that's a good record you know but to me goodbye to yellow brick road i mean it's not on my list but it's in my honorable mentions for a fucking reason, because it's a fantastic record. Dude, Funeral for a Friend, Love Lies Bleeding. You know, 11 minutes long, it doesn't really seem it. Candle in the Wind, come on, it was so good that when Princess Diana died, he rewrote it for her. Betty and the Jets is all-time oh, classic. Fuck yeah. The title track, leave me the fuck alone. Mike drop on the title track. You know, yep, that's right. all I gotta say. You know, right? It's just a perfect, uh, perfect uh, 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 Dude, that no, that's so sexy. I don't give a fuck. This song has no title. Gray Seal, Jamaica Jerk Off. Come on, only Elton John can make a gay ass song called Jamaica Jerk Off. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. And that's just, a, that, you know, and then I've seen that movie too. That's just the first album. Yeah. You know, this also had Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, and people seem to forget that, man. Have you ever heard Flotsam Jet and Jetsam's version of that song? They thrash it out, dude. It's I love it. Crazy. I love fucking Wasp version. It's a great cover song, man. And it's yeah, a great yeah. song, yes. Hey, man, Bur uh, Elton, great musical composer, and then you got Bernie Taupin with his amazing lyrics, man. How can you go wrong? Like, like, dude, yeah, great pick, Bushy. See? Oh, you might hate it. See, you don't know me as well as you think you do, Bushy. <laughs> yeah, I love Elton. That's my number eight. Again, I know some people are like, what, another thrash album? Well, hey, fuck you. It's my list. <laughs> Came out the same year as Master of Puppets. And I know some people out there, like my podcast partners, are going to, you're going to have them over. Yes, I'm having them over Metallica, and that is Megadeth's 
piece sells, but who's buying? Everybody who knows me, I've said it more than once. Well, I was intrigued by thrash metal. At first, I was kind of like, what is this? Then I was like, oh, okay, I'm kind of digging this. And I was getting into Metallica, and I was all about it. But this album was one where I'm like, okay, I'm all in on the thrash metal now. I am fucking into it, man. I am buying into this fucking subgenre completely. I am into this thrash metal movement. This album, fuck, dude. Peace sells, but who's buying? Goddamn fucking masterpiece. I mean, Dave Mustaine. I mean, come on, dude. Wake Up Dead. The Conjuring. Are you fucking serious? The title track. Devil's Island. Good morning, Black yeah. Friday, Bad Omen. I, I even love I Ain't Superstitious. And my last words, a perfect album. And I still say, I know a lot of people are going to think I'm nuts for saying this. And I understand why they say that the Rust in Peace lineup's the greatest lineup. I get it. I really do. Rust in Peace is a metal masterpiece. Objectively, I would even say it probably is their greatest work. Objectively. Right. However, for me, for my ears, this original lineup of Dave Mustaine, David Ellison, Chris Pullen, Gar Samuelson is the greatest lineup. They they did the first record, they did this one, and they wrote a good portion of So Far, So Good, So What. You know, where, in my opinion, and again, I know this is probably going to piss off a bunch of Megadeth tarts, but hey, fuck you, I don't give a fuck. There's only two really good outstanding records. There was Rust in Peace and, of course, Countdown and Extension. After that, man, that, that whole lineup, it might have been their most stable, it might have been their most longest-lasting lineup, but they put out a lot of subpar records, in my opinion. Again, it's just my opinion, folks. Sure, but sure. This fucking this 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 album, and I mean, it was hard for me, man. Between this and Master Puppets, I'm like, oh fuck, you know, it's like picking my favorite blowjob. Damn, I don't yeah. know. As, well, you you picked the one that gave you the facial, but also jumped down on it to get the rest of it down the back of her throat to lick the rest off your balls. You yeah, there the you right go. Album. Yeah, it's, it's just a great record. I got to tell you, earlier when I was talking to you, I said a Megadeth album or an album had to get pulled because I had to switch it out, but it was the same band. Yeah, Peace Cells got pulled because I kept really? thinking and thinking and thinking. Peace Cells is my all-time favorite Megadeth album. Oh, I know it is. It, you're, that's one thing you and I have in common. But it's funny. It didn't make my all-time favorite albums list because I had to think of it as an album. Right. But holy fuck, if well, I were to listen to Megadeth, it, there's only two records I, I go to. And, and that's on what the I kind of said. Like I just said earlier, to me, the other big album, obviously, you know, is Rust in Peace. And, and to me, that's probably their greatest work, objectively. Right. You know, I, you look, objectively, but you have that. It, it's a sentimental thing. Yes. And, and I'm sorry, but yeah, a lot of this is sentimental for me because these are albums I grew up with. And some of them I was, I was introduced to by my older brother. Some of them I've, I've discovered on my own, and, and some of them my, my mom and dad, you know? So, uh, yeah, man, Peace Sells. Enough Dude, said. Great Mike fucking drop. album. Great album. What's your number seven? Oh, you want me to go first with number seven? All, All right, right, man. You, this you is, just finished, this, so you got to go. All right, brother. Um, number seven. Now, this is not metal at all. This is a band that my dad listened to a lot when I was a kid. Um, in my opinion, they are the closest equivalent to, that America has to the Beatles. And that would be Hotel California by the Eagles. Ooh, man. How did, how the fuck did I forget about them? Yeah. Um, again, let's go down the list. The title track. I mean, the one song where all members of the band contributed um just a epic epic track yeah i know it's kind of played out but it's one of those things it's weird with that like okay like if i never hear rock and roll all night again i'm okay if i never hear iron man by black sabbath 
even though I think they're, they're great songs. I mean, they are. Sure. They're great songs. Sure. I, I, I'll be all right. But for some reason, I don't have a burnout factor with Hotel California. I don't either. And I don't either with Led Zeppelin fucking Stairway. No, neither do I. Like, it's still a song I can listen to. I understand people going, oh, fuck. You know, I get it. Like, when they made that joke in Wayne's World, no stairway. Yeah. It's hilarious. But, but um, yeah, I mean, fuck this album. That. Great songs are great songs. Yeah, New Kid in Town. Life in the Fast Lane. Are you yeah. fucking kidding me? Wasted Time. One of the most beautiful. Like, anybody who's been in a relationship that things go sour. And I just love that song because at the end, he's all like, Maybe one of these days we'll find that it wasn't, you know, because you do, you won't, I mean, I know I do, you know, it's like, well, fuck, I've wasted how many of my years, um, especially with my last major relationship. I mean, I, I had a girlfriend after that, and, and I do kind of feel like some of that was wasted time, but that's another story. But, and, well, I do with the, the last one. I'm like, I was very, very bitter um, when my, me and my ex-fiance broke up. I was like, man, this is fucking five years of my fucking life down the fucking drain i was which very is why the steel panther version is so much better Wasted right so much time fucking right dude. Wasted time though. I do. I just love the song and the fact that, you know, maybe one of these days it wasn't so, is so. You know, it just it's just one of those steps that you take on your journey. You know, and and whatever. But um, and of course you have the reprise, which is them just coming in. It's almost like they were thinking of this as there is no stop. Like it goes right from wasted time. And I mean, victim of love. Holy fucking shit, man. Yeah. Pretty mates all in a row. Try and love again by Raz Randy Meisner on the vocals. You know, the original bass player. Such an underrated track. I love that song. And of course, the epic, The Last Resort. Seven minutes and 25 seconds. It's just an, an amazing album. It's the first album that featured Joe Walsh. He took over for, um, oh, what was his name? Bernie Leadon. I, I, lo I love the fucking Eagles. I know sometimes it's popular among fucking um, hipsters to fucking rip on them and hate on them. Hey, fuck you. The yeah, Eagles. Fuck the to me, the Eagles are the greatest American rock band. I'm not talking hard rock. I'm not talking metal. I'm talking just rock band ever, in my uh, opinion. They outsold Thriller, so. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Holy fuck, how did Michael Jackson not make my list? Oh, I'm so angry with my list. <laughs> <laughs> See, you could, yeah. I, I, hey, that was one of my honorable mentions. Fucking thriller, God. No, Eagles, man. Hotel California. 26 times platinum in the U.S. 
and yeah. sold over 32 million copies worldwide. That is insane, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's my that's, number seven, bro. That's ridiculous. My number seven is a little weird, but it's uh, the Cure, Disintegration. Uh, this was my introduction to the band. It's just, well, I can't say banger because there's not a banger on this album at all. <laughs> no, they're, let's be honest, <laughs> the Cure really aren't. Well, I don't know, though, man. If you could listen to Vincent Cavanaugh, man, I think he, like, fucked two chicks after a Cure concert, so maybe it well, is kind of vain in music. Well, um, <laughs> the, the, the Cure, they're amazing. But this album, this was like, okay, they got off all their drugs, and uh, 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 Robert Smith just got married, and even though it still has that, you know, typical kind of depressing feel it works i never get depressed listening to the cure at all but man plain song pictures of you pictures of you is you know i've been staring so long at these pictures of you that i almost believe that they're real you know because lost love you know closed down love song which he wrote for his uh wife that he married and the band performed it at their wedding if i'm remembering history right i could be wrong Last Dance, Lullaby, The Spider-Man Comes. Dude, that song's so fucking creepy. Fascination Street, Prayers for Rain, Same Deep Waters, You, Disintegration. Oh, it's such a good fucking record. I had never heard anything like this when I heard this album. And, uh, dude, turned me into a fucking fan. I went all the way back. And I've been listening to them ever since. And I'm still waiting for the new album to drop. I have everything they ever released. I'm a huge Robert Smith fan. If you've never listened to The Cure and you like gothic rock, because this is gothic rock or art rock, go check out The Cure Disintegration. It's fucking amazing. I'll have to do that because I'm not that familiar with this band. I, there's been a few songs I've heard couple songs i like they just never grabbed me to be really honest with you man and and i have Dude. friends who are cure fans uh, but i've never really sat down and like listened to them you know it's slow but it's very ethereal it's dude, well, like it's, i said there's a few this is the kind of shit you do smoke a little green yeah you know how you do with like pink floyd you smoke some green and just kind of let the music wash over you there's like a couple of songs and i couldn't even tell you what the name of them that i do like um you know, where I'm like, oh, that's not bad, you know. Um, so it's one of those bands that I, I probably need to, you know, I don't know, maybe if a friend was like to send me a digital copy of their album so I could <laughs> check it out, hint, hint, um, and then I could give I you my thoughts. It. May have to do that. That may have to be an uncovered gem. You know what? Why don't we do that? Let's do it, man. Let's make that an uncovered gem. That'll be the next one. Cause I, I, I can't wait for people to hear the one coming up because... I dug, like, most of that. That was good. My number six. Dude, this is the one I tossed and turned with. Originally, it was P-Cells. But as I was thinking, I'm like, fuck. Fuck! <laughs> right? It's a perfect thrash album. Perfect. My number six, Megadeth, Rust in Peace. <laughs> well... Do I have to say anything about this? <laughs> dude, dude, it, it's kind of like what I said about Metallica and Pantera earlier. They, this band, Megadeth, they right along with those guys, they've done so much for metal that it's almost fucking pointless to talk about them. All I'm going to say, and then I want to mic drop it. We don't even have to go through track list. Dave Mustaine 
with Joel Sullivan, wrote a fucking book about the making of this record. Not only does he have an autobiography out that covers his whole career and his life, he wrote a book. You know, about this record. I mean, what more need to be said about it, you know? I mean, seriously, you know, it's it is what it is, you know what I mean? It it is it is a perfect thrash metal record, man, and it's um it is in uh, unquestionably it's their masterpiece. You know, everybody has their Sergeant Pepper, if you will. And I'm only throwing that out there because a lot of people consider even though that's not my favorite Beatle album, a lot of people consider that their masterpiece. I disagree with that. Yeah. My favorite Beatle album is the one that the Rolling Stones did. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But we all know I'm a bigger Stones fan. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, fucking rust in peace. I mean. Oh yeah, uh, it's just a it, dude. It's it's an it's a perfect perfect record. It is. Yeah. There's it's there's one, no bad song. You know, I gotta say, Bushy, so far I'm re- I'm really digging your list for the most part. I, I other than the Cure, and I'm not knocking it because I'm not that familiar. Like I said, there's like two songs I know, and I couldn't even tell you their names. But I'm like, oh, not bad. You know, it's kind of a catchy tune. You know. Yeah, the album uh, I'm going to send you isn't necessarily catchy tunes. Mm-hmm. So what uh, year did it come that's, out? Uh, uh, Disintegration, eighty-eight or nine. Okay. Okay, well, I, that would have been around that time period, though, because, like I said, my buddy Matt Powell, who's a big supporter of what I do here on the plug and that com, shout out to you, buddy. Um, he's He was a Cure fan. He liked him nice. a lot. And uh, he he would play him from time to time, man. And uh, there was, like, like, a couple songs where I'm like, hey, not bad. It's not metal. You know, it's not even really, I mean, it's kind of rock, I guess. You know, but it's more like <laughs> mellow. He's like, more, well, the, gu- the guitars are electric anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's more mellow though. It's more like set back, like you said, almost smokable kind of. Ch- it's chill music to me. That's what oh, it yeah. reminded me of. It's like this is to me. That's what it. Rem- and again, I'm I'm not an expert on the Cure, so I can't tell you. But I'm just saying what I heard. It was more like, oh, this is a record you just kick back and you smoke a bowl and you chill out. Yeah, it's very ethereal, good stuff. And if you listen to the intricacies of of Porl in his fucking uh, guitar parts, dude, it's. It's amazing. There's nothing mind-blowing. It's just when you take it all in, it's mind-blowing. I'll tell you what, man. Um, that's what I'll try to do. When you when we do do it, I'm gonna, I am gonna I am going to smoke a couple bulls, and I'm going to go for a ride on it. So, yeah, my number six was Megadeth, Rust in Peace. We went back to the cure, but what, what the hell do... What, what else can we say about Rust in Peace? It's their swan song. It's the greatest album they did. Like I said, they wrote a book, and here it is. Rust in Peace, the inside story of the Megadeth masterpiece. Boom, mic drop. What What's more to be said? You know, oh, yeah. if, you ha- if you're not familiar with that album and you call yourself a metal fan, then I got to wonder about you. Oh, yeah, because even Bushy loves this album. Well, yeah, it's fucking awesome. But Bushy likes a lot of weird shit. Who the hell knows? <laughs> what's your number six, brother? Um, All right, man. It... it it, it came between two albums by this this band. Now, one of them is my favorite, mainly because it's it was the first record by this band that I bought with my own money. I mean, I'm owed yards, I earned money. Because a lot of my early records and, and, and everything was from, they were hand-me-downs, you know? Like, my neighbor across the street, who was like a big brother, Kevin, Kevin Barnes, he gave me a copy of uh, Black Sabbath's Master Reality. He was all beat up. He had another one. 
and and he's like you really like this record and i'm like yeah and he was like well here you go bro and i was like wow you know my older brother would give me you know and my cousin mitchell like my first juice pre album was sad wings of destiny again a hand-me-down but this was the first van halen album i ever bought my own money and that was women and children first but that is not the album that's on my list i had to go with debut for many many reasons it was the first van halen song i ever heard or album i ever heard it blew my fucking mind when this shit come out, my brother was like, oh, dude, man, because I was Ace Fraley Nutswinger. He's like, ah, oh, dude, this guy's better. I'm like, uh-uh. And then he played Eruption. You really got me. I know it's a cover, but that's one thing that was always great about Van Halen. They made covers theirs. You know what I mean? Ain't talking sure. about love. I'm the one. Jamie's crying. Atomic Punk. One of my all-time favorite Van Halen songs. A great, great deep uh, cut. Feel Your Love Tonight. Little Dreamer. Fucking Ice Cream Man. Another, you know, great Ooh, fucking Ice Cream cover. Man may be my favorite Van another, Halen song. Another great and it's, cover. And it's not even a Van Halen song. No, it's a blues <laughs> song. But yes. man, and then of course on fire, which again I have a lot of because uh, I don't know if I ever told you this story, but years ago my big brother, we were upstairs, you know, being a naughty little teenagers, and we were smoking some weed, and my brother's like, dude, I got this, I, I I got the perfect song that I'm gonna have played at my funeral, and I was like, what's that? And he threw on on fire, and we just started cracking up. But we started getting loud with our laughter, and it pissed my mom off. And Big Barbie came up the stairs and beat the shit out of us because it was late at night and it was a school night. But for I always think of my older brother Scapegoat, aka David Tyler, whenever I hear On Fire. But it's just a banner of an album. It, I mean, again, what more need to be said? It was game changing. It was you know Van Halen changed the game, period, and they gave birth to the whole Sunset Strip metal scene. I don't see how anybody can deny that. It took a few years for the other record companies to realize, oh, yeah, there's something going on here in L.A. But, man, when the floodgates opened with quiet riots, metal health, boom. But it all starts here, folks, with Van Halen, the first album. Oof, man, that's how the fuck is Van Halen not on my list? I don't know. I don't know. What a great album. Yeah. But it's pretty funny because I, I can't argue that record. Right. Dude, dude, that's a Stone Cold classic. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ice Cream Man and Dirty Movies might be my favorite songs. Mm -hmm. um, but damn, I really do like uh, Stay Frosty. But guess why I like Stay Frosty? <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me a lot of fucking Ice Cream Man. Right, right. And I love the blues. Uh, no, dude, Stone Cold Killer, Jamie's Crying is, is, is fucking amazing. Dude, it's... It, it's a great album. It definitely changed the face of hard rock. 
for sure. For you sure. Know, for that era. For that era. I mean, I don't see how you can do that. And, and it did give birth to that. It opened the door. It took a while for the record companies to figure out what the fuck. But when they did, I mean, every one of those bands on the set. Yeah, because Gene Simmons tried to fucking shop that band and nobody yeah. was interested. Yeah, and, and I'm telling you, dude, like, think about it. When they, you know, and you would have thought that when they blew up, the, the record companies were like, oh, fuck, let's find our own Van Halen. But for whatever reason, that didn't happen. But boy, few years later man i mean there is no motley crew there is no rat every one of those guys was inspired by van halen they seen them they were like holy fucking shit you know docking all of them man so to yeah, me yeah. it 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 definitely gave birth to that you know i mean Who i don't was the best at taking that thing and, and taking it to the next level with those first couple albums well, the thing about Motley Crue, though, too, you know, the is... The blonde front man and the killer Right, behind. but but it was different than Van Halen, and that's what I got to give Crue credit for. Like, they weren't Van Halen clones by any means. No, no, not at all, because they were like metal. They were they were so punk-influenced, they, right. they wanted and, and to they, go heavy, where glam rock. Van Halen was more blues Yeah, glam rock and metal and punk, and, you know, I mean, and, and even their look and everything, like, they were very much like they borrowed from... Like you said, punk and glam rock, but Kiss and fucking Aerosmith, and they they borrowed from a lot of that sleaze rock or whatever you want to call it. Um, right. You know, again, on my honorable mentions, man, Motley Crue, shout the devil. It's it, you got to put it on on the list. It might not be in my top ten, but what a great record. Um, right. And so, as much as I love Crue and all those bands and Poison and stuff, none of that made my list. That's, that's interesting. That really is interesting to me. I'll tell uh, you who did make my list. Okay, well, hit me, buddy. What's your number five? Sammy Hagar, Standing Hampton. Ooh, nice. Now, see, that's Ooh. in my honorable mention. Ooh, I'll Fall in Love Again. There's only one way to rock. Both of those songs always played when Sammy joined Van Halen. Babies on Fire, Can't Get Loose, Heavy Metal, which got no traction on this record, but release an animated cartoon and it blows up. Dude, that's Maybe my all-time favorite solo Sammy song. Heavy oh. metal. That riff? Are Dude, you it's fucking, kidding fucking me, awesome. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Surrender, Inside Looking at Sweet Hitch Hiker, which is like a closet favorite of mine. It's such a good song. And then he closes the record out with Peace of My Heart. Uh, you know, made famous by Janis Joplin. Great fucking record. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Sammy. I don't care. I think he's got the greatest voice in rock and roll. And when you think about all of our heroes from rock and roll, Sammy's still getting it done. He can still belt it out. I love the guy. I don't care that he's overweight and he can't do the splits in the air and fucking twirl goddamn swords and shit and throw. Well, can Ozzy still ass. do the fucking frog jump? No. No. Who gives a fuck? Can David Lee Roth still no. do those fucking high? No. Who no, gives a shit? It, it, well, I mean, David Lee Roth retired anyway. But yeah. well, my point is, it doesn't matter. He's still David Lee Roth. The man yes, is a living is. legend. And, 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 and you so can is... never take away what he did. I just hate people shit on Sammy. This is an amazing album. Can you, can I say, you answer this question for me? Do you think, let's just say hypothetically, you know, okay. uh, if, let's say, Sammy never takes the offer... And just stays a solo artist. Do you think he gets some of the hate that he gets? He would get none of the hate, and people would just appreciate him as like a Bruce Springsteen kind of guy. He's just a rock and roll guy. Okay. I, I think you're right. I do. I do think that some of the hate all stems from the Van Halen shit, which I'm going, uh, guys, uh, you got to blame Eddie for that 
that, whether you like it or not. But yeah, Eddie please was just blame as much Eddie. Uh, yeah, of course. Like that's why David Lee Roth left the band. You know, I mean, right. if I could fault Sammy for anything, is that he was willing to? And I get it. I mean, I understand why he did it. I totally get it. But I, and people have to understand. I'm from the St. Louis Metro East area, and Sammy's like a god here. Okay, he's a big deal here. And when when we found out that he was joining Van Halen, I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be like when Ozzy left Sabbath. We're going to get two awesome bands. We're going to get Van Hagar because originally that was rumored that they were going to call the band. And I was excited. And we're going to get David Lee Roth with Steve Vai and those guys. Are you fucking kidding? Like, I was excited, Bushy. Right. I was pumped for 50. But who holds the reins on that shit? Now, of obviously, course. Eddie now, doesn't I mean, write I, songs because I, I will I, I will stipulate to this. And yes, all you fuckers out there, this is the first time I've ever said it. That's both radio and all the podcasts I've done, both with you, Metal Mike, and my previous co-hosts. I will admit this. David Lee Roth is probably the better writer. Definitely not the better singer. Again, though... That's kind this of an opinion same, of mine with vocally, but I will fine. say that and, David and, Lee Roth is the better writer. Because if you listen to those Van Halen records... Also, I think David Lee Roth was the better front man. Oh, definitely a better front man. But, but, but Sammy played guitar, and it just adds a different element to the band. And he was a pothead, and he's all cool. Hey, what's going on, man? And let's just have a good time and you know, throw a pot of weed on the fire and get high and have a good time. <laughs> Right. And I'm down with that, man. Sammy's 70 years old and he's still drinking and smoking pot, dude. I love that's that guy. Correct if I'm wrong, but you're he not really Mr. A, fucking Rock and Roll. You you're not a big fan of 5150, are you? Not really. Fifty one fifty Sammy album. Yeah, there's a couple songs I like. Uh opening track kind of kills the record for me. Puts off a little more upbeat. I love OU812. Yeah. And I think uh for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge is fucking flawless. Okay, but but what it's I'm saying flawless, and so then you, balance is hit or miss again. I had such a visceral reaction to fifty one fifty. Oh, I do, but it's a it's a direct, it's directly related to nineteen eighty four. I know, but see, nineteen eighty four is my least favorite of the David Lee Roth albums. I like it. There's some probably songs their on biggest there. album. I know, I know that, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like for me, I don't know why. I was, ex- I guess, because my expectation it wasn't just. Van Halen. It was Sammy too. I was thinking we were gonna get heavy metal and fucking, you know, yeah. That's the name. What's the name of that band? Um, you know, and and then what, what? What? What's the name of that band? What heavy metal? No, Van Halen. Oh, Van Halen. Yeah. So who's in charge of that band? Eddie Van Halen, but. I'm not, that's what I'm saying. I don't blame Sammy 100%, but I'm just saying, as a fan of both artists, I was really disappointed in 5150. I mean, it like broke my heart because I thought we were going to get like. Some you know, more running but, with the devil mixed with fucking heavy metal. Yeah. And can't drive 55. And, and, and fucking, yeah, and fucking, and even some of the poppier shit. Like, I know it's going to sound weird that I'm not a big fan of 5150. And maybe it was just because of when it came out, and I was very young. I was in my teens or preteens, but I have a lot of fond memories of roller skating to Your Love is Driving Me Crazy. I know it's a poppy song, but I like it. And I know some people are going to be like, but you don't like, you know... Um, no, no, come on, that's 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 it's not bad. No, I, I know <laughs> that's a good song to grab your girl. <laughs> right, you know, and there was a girl I had a crush on, and we would roller skate to it, you know, and and it was, 
I have a lot of good memories of that song, you know. Um, is it my favorite Sammy Hagar song? No, I already said when it comes to solo stuff. But, I mean, come on, even the shit with Montrose. Are you fucking kidding me, man? Rock candy? Hello. Like, uh, so I, while I, 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 I don't. And then, Space Station number nine, what a great song. Oh, that whole record. <laughs> I love that fucking album, dude. That Montrose Al, record is awesome. Ralph likes the first Montrose album, so I know he does. You know, he, and he's he, a Hagar hater. So. Doctor Fuck was in my chat room one night. Uh, is it's uh, back when I was still doing Sunday nights, um, nine to midnight, and uh, that's the song I played with Space Station. And he's like, "Oh, well, at least you played a good one." <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Uh, but only oh, like and like. Look, if you don't like Sammy. It's cool, bros. You know, yeah, like I, I don't, don't. I don't care. Believe me, I don't care. Right, I know you don't care because you don't. I've you been know. on rock and metal combat podcast where Ian tried to fuck with me, saying this guy says he's the greatest singer of rock and roll, and I, like I just said a few minutes ago, I said yes. <laughs> well, I <laughs> think Sammy did have a good voice. I mean, I I like Sam, like I said, man, I'm a guy who liked Montrose and I liked a lot, like Red. I remember my cut, my my friend. Ooh. I told you, I, no I remember that record. Red. My. My neighbor that I've mentioned more than once, Kevin Barnes, he was a big Sammy fan. He had that record. He had all the early Sammy Hagar records. Again, nice. Sammy was a big deal here in St. Louis. So, like, I was excited for 5150. And then when it came out, I'm like, well, what the fuck is this shit, man? Like like you said, look, I, I got to tell you. it coming, but it was still very jarring to me. I thought, holy shit, we're going to get three lock box and heavy metal and red combined with fucking everybody wants some. And I'm on fire and atomic punk. This is going to rule. And yeah. Okay. Track four who, or uh, album four. Who are we on? Well, I, I, I close with Sammy. You're up. Number five. This is my number five. Album. Oh, you're number five. Okay. I think one that you will appreciate. Not metal. Rolling Stone Sticky Fingers. I am a very big fan of, like, I love, don't get me wrong, man, you know, the the Brian Jones era of the band was cool. I mean, my all-time favorite Stone songs probably Paint It Black, but my favorite era of the band, and to me, this is, like, I, I, I realized that, uh, you know, Mick was on Get Your Yaya's Out, you know, the live record, and he was on Let It Bleed, a few songs, but this is the first... This is, to me, the beginning of the Mick Taylor era, and I think this was the Stones at their best. You know, I find it interesting that this is a period where the Beatles are broke up, and to me, this is when the Stones thrive. Now, I'm not disparaging anything they did before that, because I love it, too, but I think there was that whole, oh, well, they're comparing this album to what the Beatles did. None of that mattered anymore, because the Beatles were fucking done, okay? And this is an album where the Stones are like, we're gonna fucking. They go back to basics with it. To it's uh, it's 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 my. I think it's their greatest album. You know, you go down the fucking. You know, Rolling Stones had it. You know, in five hundred greatest albums of all time, which I hate Rolling Stone magazine, but the Village Voice, man, uh, second best album of the year when it came out in nineteen seventy one. I mean, dude. I mean, just go down the track list, man. I mean, Brown Sugar. Are you Oof. fucking kidding me? Sway. Wild Horses, one of the most beautiful oh, ballads ever. Amazing. Can't you hear me knocking? Are you yeah. fucking kidding me, dude? <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you gotta move. Great cover. You got Bitch. You got I Got the Blues. You got Sister Morphine. Uh, Dead Flowers, Moonlight Mile, there ain't a bad track on this Dead album. Dead Flowers is one of my favorite Stone songs. It's a f also, this is the album... 
that introduced the iconic ton and lips logo. Um, this is to me, I'm going to say it, and this might be controversial to Stone. Molly Crew lifted the fucking cover. Um, yes, yes, totally. Yeah, <laughs> Master Love is total homage to that. And and here's the thing, man. Like to me, and I'm again, I know it's probably going to piss some Stone fans off. And I'm not saying the stuff before wasn't great because it was, but to me, this is when the Stones truly became their own. Like they became the Stones. They were they they were no longer under the shadow of the Beatles, so to speak. Right. You know what I'm saying and. Um, they could truly just fucking because they didn't have to worry about what John and Paul and George and Ringo were doing. They could just do their own thing. And I mean, come on, man. And this whole stretch of albums, I mean, this one, Exile on Main Street. I mean, are you fucking go ahead, soup, dude? Like, love that just, fucking record, Exile it, on Main it's Street. Fucking ridiculous, man. Like, they just go on a fucking roll, uh, tear here, man. Like, it, oh, yeah. it was just fucking awesome. I mean, I'm so happy the Stones made your fucking list. Yeah. I mean, the Stones even, made my list. That's not the album that made my list. but you know, it, It's only rock and roll. I mean, they were on a roll. To me, the Mick, I, I, no, get, no offense to Ron Wood. I like the faces. I like a lot of the records he did with the Stones. But to me, this was the Stones at their greatest. This that, period. Dude, and it starts fair. off with I, this record. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to continue with that when we get a little higher on my list. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, cool. So, um, uh, yeah, so, Sticky Fingers, uh, rather. Nice, great fucking, great fucking album. Thank you. I thought you would appreciate that. I was just like, how can I not throw it? Because, you know. Fuck yeah, Stones rule. I think it would be easier to do a top 10 greatest hits albums of all time because, like, the Stones would be on there. Oh, like, are like, you what? You mean compilation? Oh, fuck yes. Oh, yeah. 40 like, Licks. I love that compilation album. Man. Would have been so much easier to do it that way. And, you know, what's funny about 40 Licks, too, is the fact that, um, like, that's I like when, 64 to 74. Is that the name of that record where it's like everything from Paint It Black to. Yeah, that's a great yeah. one, too. But I, I, I bought 40 Licks because, like I said, my, my mom, dad, you know, my, my dad had a couple Stones records on vinyl, you know, and everything. But I didn't really have, like, now I have everything digitally. But at the time, I didn't really have a, very many Rolling Stone CDs. And I thought, oh, well, I'll just pick this up, man. And, and it kind of, I had forgotten. I know it's going to sound blasphemous to some people, but I'd forgotten just how great they were. It was like, I popped that 40 licks in, and it's just one amazing song. And I, I know it's a compilation album, and they're going to, but it was just one amazing song after the other. And I'm just like, holy fuck. No wonder these guys are always compared to the Beatles, like, because they're that oh, great. You they're know what I mean? like, so good. Yeah. Even Dennis Leary, you know, he was doing a stand-up. I don't remember which of his two stand-up shows that were televised. But he's talking about opening up a bar called McLeary's. You know, he's going to have a metal detector to catch the cock ring guys. And it's only beer, whiskey, vodka, and something else. And he's like, Stones, 24 hours a day. <laughs> I'm like, yes, that's going to be the greatest bar ever. <laughs> Stones are good, man. I, I love that pick. I love that pick. Well, thank you. Thank you. We're moving on to number four. All right, man. This album had to put it on my list because it, it just opened the door for hard rock, heavy metal. Um, while Black Sabbath may be my all-time favorite metal band, I have to put these guys up there, man, and kiss alive. This album Fuck changed yeah. my life. It, 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 my brother brought it home. He introduced, you know, I've told this story a billion times, but fuck, man, it, it just, it changed my world. This was the album where I was like, 
whoa, I'd never seen anything like that before. Never even heard anything like that before. You know, my mom and dad was playing shit like John Denver and the wrong, and even rock. Yeah. But this was like some next level shit for a five-year-old Mike. This was like, whoa. And, and, and they just looked cool. And plus I was even at a young age then I was obsessed with comic book superheroes. You know, I mean, that's how my brother sucked me in because my dad would buy me these audio dramas. You know, it was almost like the old radio shows when he was a kid of the shadow and the green Hornet or whatever, you know? Right. Um, right. And it was, uh, one, and I had Marvel and DC and I would listen to them and I just loved them. Man, it was kind of my MCU before there was an MCU power records present Spider-Man and the Mark of the man wolf or whatever you know um, <laughs> and uh you know batman robin meets man bat kind of you know, and i loved them you know and i would listen to them like because my mom and dad had an old kenwood stereo and they would oh we would all everybody would take turns on what they wanted to listen to of course i always wanted to listen to um that and even before that i have like sesame street records or disney or looney tune records you know sure. I, I had i had count, shit like that too. yeah i had the count counting is wonderful counting you know i love that shit right so my <laughs> yeah. brother my brother brings home kiss alive man this is like early 76 so i'm about five years old because you know the, the album came out september 10th 1975 a little less than a month later i turned myself but i i didn't discover until 76 that's why to me 76 was such a huge year. Uh, 83 for me <laughs> as a little boy because that was also the year that i saw kiss on the halloween special i mean destroyer came out a few months later and then rock and roll over the same year so it was like and my brother he bought all the kiss records in order from that point on now nice. next door neighbor big b he had the originals as they called it which was the first three records uh, if i can get my hands on a copy of that yeah, I know, right? Because I have always wanted to have a copy of the originals, uh, and I don't, I don't mean to step all over your kiss a lot. No, you're cool, dude. You're cool. But man. I like I said, a, uh, that I album, Flea Market in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh yeah. And they had a copy of the originals for thirty bucks, and uh, dude, I was fourteen years old. Oh. We're talking the nineties at this point. And my mom would not cough up the bread for it, and it was, dude, it was mint. Oh. oh. Yeah, Brian had it, man, and that's when I that was when I had discovered those albums and I remember liking them and going, "Oh, this sounds different than my brother's Kiss Alive." Like it was good and it was cool, but it wasn't quite it didn't quite have the same oomph. I think the album that would sound closest to that would probably be Hotter in Hell because of the thick, you know, the thick, heavy. Everyone bitches about the production. It's such a great album. Oh, I love Hotter in Hell. Out of the first, I mean, three. Dress to Kill's the best of those first three. Although the first one is my favorite. I mean, I'd have to. But go Dress back, to Kill's the best. Wasn't but God, hotter, those three albums are amazing. Wasn't Hotter than Hell on my top five Kiss albums? I do believe it was on the list. It was. I, I right think there. so. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I love all, all all the all the original. I was the only one that went outside the box besides Chris. You, know, you and Chris were all about the eighties. I'm like, fuck all that. Anyway, but okay. So, so anyway, I, so, so I see the Paul Lynn Halloween special. So yeah, 76, man, when my brother brought that home and, and I seen the, the covers and he, he sold it to me. He knew how to grab me. He's like, these guys are superheroes, but they play rock music like mom and dad's bands. And at first I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, and then he showed me the cover and I was like, whoa, yeah, they looked like superheroes, and then you open it up, and then there was the booklet, and he popped the he popped the fucking vinyl on, and of course you got J.R. Smalley with the "You wanted the best, and you got it." The hottest yeah. man in the land, because I hadn't conquered the world yet. 
kiss and then just that intro riff to fucking yeah, it's juice got the four the letters one from each of the members oh dude the explosion that is so good yeah the explosion and, and and fucking peter and the drums and then ace just fucking tearing it up and, and right then from day one ace was my guy i love the other three too and and gene was probably my second favorite like i always thought they all looked cool but to me gene and ace looked the coolest i still feel that way to this day i oh i agree um, but I loved them all, you know, like it was like, and I was, we, it was, we became me and my brothers were obsessed with kiss. And that's why Kevin Barnes was like, guys, there's other fucking bands and my cousin Mitchell, <laughs> and they introduced us to all the other great bands. But so, yes, I have to give kiss credit. If not for that album, if not for my brother bringing that record home, who fucking knows? I might need fucking new wave Mike or who fucking know. I mean, I, I'd like to think, I think I probably would have been attracted to metal anyway, but I I was lucky, dude. I got I got exposed to hard rock and heavy metal at a very very young age. But what was cool about my childhood is I also got exposed because of Top Forty Radio. I got exposed to a lot of pop, like sure. Michael Jackson and that stuff too. So it was like yeah, I'm so angry. Mike's not on my list. Yeah, Prince ain't on my list. What the fuck? Yeah. You know what, man? You know what I'm hearing? <laughs> They're pissed. <dude. laughs> Um, anyway, uh, yeah, Kiss Alive, Kiss Alive. great yeah. number four, Thank great you. number Thank four. You. My number four is in a the, the total opposite realm. <coughs> Excuse me, but it's it's very sentimental to me, and I think it's the greatest album this guy ever did. Uh, it is country. He was mm -hmm. considered one of the outlaw country guys. Ah. Hank Williams Jr. with a 1981 release, "The Pressure Is On," and. Uh, Anybody listens to country, you know a country boy can survive. Oh, yeah. That's the big hit off that record. It's the opening track, a coalition to ban coalitions. Because even back then in early 81, they were trying to ban everything and cancel everything. Tennessee Stud, which is about a horse rambling in my shoes with Boxcar Willie. Oh, my God. Who remembers Boxcar Willie? I do, motherfucker. The Pressure Is On is a great song because it's basically talking about a guy that's out on the road and he just don't love his wife no more and he's tired of lying to her. All my Roddy friends have settled down. It's talking about Chris Christopherson going off to Hollywood and making movies and everybody's not doing the drugs and shit anymore they were doing in the 70s. Uh, I don't care if tomorrow never comes with George Jones. Are you fucking kidding me? Mr. Weatherman, it's got to be one of the saddest country songs I ever heard because it's just a dude feeling bad. And he just, he's tired of feeling rain, man. He wants to feel some sunshine. Every time I hear that song, that resonates with me because, think about it. Every time you hear that song, you go back to that place, man. And then the Ballad of Hank featuring Don Helms, which is just a total rip on, on what a scoundrel Hank Williams Sr. was. Yeah. Uh, in uh, Heidelberg, Germany, when I was a kid, um, my dad and my mom would have another couple over to play Pinochle. That was a young person's game back in the day, ladies and gentlemen. But <laughs> 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 they had a couple over there playing Pinochle on Saturday nights. My dad's drinking whiskey and mom's laughing. She never drank ever because she was goofy as fuck without <laughs> it. But that was one of those records my dad would have on the turntable. Well, a lot of happy I, memories are associated dude, with Dude, it's so amazing. And there's not a bad song on the record. Ten songs, 35-minute record, and everything hits. 
You got your upbeat country rocker kind of things. You have your slow balladeer kind of things. It's an absolutely amazing record. It has a special place in my heart. It will forever be my favorite Hank Jr. album. Although I love Hank Jr. and love most of his stuff, this is always going to be the greatest thing I've ever heard by him. That's my number four. Good pick, man. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I like Hank Williams Jr. I'm not real super familiar with everything he's done. Like, I don't even know if I've heard this album in its entirety, but uh, I dated a girl who was a huge Hank Jr. fan. So I, I she would play some um, his music um, and, and I like it, you know, so I, that's an album I wouldn't mind maybe digging more into someday. So uh, maybe that could be a future uncovered jam. Um, maybe it's it, it's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one, and it's short. Take thirty-five minutes to listen to. Thirty-four cool. minutes, thirteen seconds. <laughs> cool. So, uh, yeah, tracks. man. Um, yeah, you can't argue with him. His dad, like you said, the whole outlaw country thing. I mean, you know, uh, my mom, um, she was a big Johnny Cash fan, as I've told you before. She loved Willie Nelson. She liked the Highwaymen. You know, she loved that stuff. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Good, interesting pick, Bushy, and and definitely, oh, yeah. uh, like you said. Definitely including a different genre because I, I unfortunately have no country on my list. I have some honorable mentions, um, but uh, we'll get to those in a minute. So, sure. Follow- like I said, Garth Brooks was really trying to jump into my top 10, and I was like, uh, Yeah, I'll tell you, a modern uh, country guy I really like. I mean, in fact, I'll be honest with you, he's almost country blues, really, when you listen to him. And, and it was Bildo who turned me on to him, and that's Chris Stapleton. He's fucking oh, awesome, man. I hate that guy. What? Are you crazy? Let me let me explain why. I I don't get that at all, man. I I, I will explain it. He did that song Tennessee Whiskey. Yeah. And he fucked it up. Okay. That is not the way that song goes. I like it. I like the there's some songs. New song Cold. I really like that song too. I, I, I haven't even given him a chance. I heard that cover and I was like, fuck you. I'm gonna tell you right now. When Bildo hears this, he's going to be cussing you out. Let him cuss me out. Fuck you, Bildo. Tennessee whiskey sucks. Wow. It needs to be done by George Jones or David Allen Coe. Because they're done properly. All right, man. I, I liked it. I liked it. But I'm not a country fucking purist, so whatever. You know, I liked I it. And, and I've and Bill's played like I grew up songs. on those songs, brother. You gotta remember that. I grew up on that. Um Bildo played me some of his other songs, and I like what I hear, man. I, I think he's pretty fucking good. But right. maybe, but he fucked that song, so fuck him. Wow, dude. It's kinda like when Leanne Rhymes come out with blue and everybody thought, Oh, she sounds like Patsy Klein. I'm like, Well, fuck her. I hate Patsy Klein too. <laughs> Yeah, I like Patsy Klein. So you're high, dude. All right. Oh, no. Can't stand it. Patsy yeah. Klein, Kitty Wells, all these women they think were so great back in the 50s and 60s. No, that's tripe. Give me Janis Joplin. Give me fucking Tina Turner. Well, I <laughs> like that, those. too. <laughs> All right, man. Um, uh, fucking hater. All right, so... So who... Number three. All right, this might... I, I can already hear... Go, uh, the Beatles. Ugh. <laughs> Like a little bitch. <laughs> I had to do it. The Beatles Revolver. What's on it? I've, I've never listened to an entire Beatles record. I have Meet the Beatles. I don't care. I just have it to have it. All right. The Beatles Revolver. I, I have um, the number ones because it has all the 60s stuff I like. Well, this was the album that kind of transitioned. It was, in my opinion, the, the album where, because they did Rubber Soul, and Rubber Soul of course, which is a great album too. 
is I'm just is happy God. it wasn't Sgt. Pepper's or the White Album. Well, I love the White Album, so fuck off. Yeah, but um, that White Album sucks. I have heard that. Um, you know, um, now now Rubber Soul has Drive My Car, Norwegian Wood, You Won't See Me, Nowhere Man, you know, Michelle, Girl, which I love that song. Uh, Rubber Soul was a close second, man, because, you know, um, that's got the um, In My Life. It's a great record. I have to take your word for it because I just don't know. You've never heard In My Life? In Maybe. My Life, I Love You More. Uh, okay, yeah. Girl. Yeah. Uh, nowhere man you won't you know like um, norwegian wood come on dude drive my car i know you've had to hear some of these songs. like i'm su- i'm sure i've heard them all right well that's from the era that you say you like so all right so following that we have revolver released in 1966 this is the album before sergeant pepper this is the record where they started getting a bit more experimental uh, but it still has that I don't want to use the word bubblegum pop, but I mean, tax man, Eleanor Rigby. I'm only love sleeping. Eleanor Rigby, by the way. Yeah, I'm only sleeping. Love you too. Here, there, everywhere. Yellow submarine. And eh, that's kind of the weak part of the album. But oh, I, I hate that song. Yeah. She said, she said, good day, sunshine. And your bird can sing. Underrated classic for no one. Dr. Robert, I want to tell you, got to get you into my life. And tomorrow never knows, which is. Was a that's the album where that song kind of shows you where they're they're heading into because it's very yeah. psychedelic and kind of like oh my gosh we're really high and tripping balls here but I love it I think the the revolver is a great record um, yeah that's my number three now go nice. ahead and shit all over it nice yeah Eleanor Rigby is a good song. <laughs> Well, I love Eleanor. Oh, that's a great dude. You know, tax man, I'm only sleeping. Fuck, dude, come on, man. Ugh. Ugh. No, I like I want to hold your hand and help. Again, that's part of that era. It was from 53 to... Were those on this album? (sighs) Hey, okay. Thanks for playing. (laughs) Whatever, dude, whatever. I, I would be willing to go back and revisit... Because I want to like the Beatles. I really do. Because I feel like such an outsider. I feel like I'm such an asshole because I shit on these guys. But, dude, I... The stuff I love, I think, is great. And then it's like, well, you should not have done drugs. Like, Motley Crue should have done more drugs, if you ask me. Don't get clean. We saw what happened there. (laughs) Do more drugs. Motley Crue has sucked ever since Shot the Devil, in my opinion. (laughs) Sorry. Shots fired, but fuck. But I'm just saying, <laughs> more drugs, not less drugs. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, no, I know there's lots of Beatle fan out there. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked you didn't say Sgt. Pepper's or uh, White Album. The White Album. I love the White Album. Albums. I, in fact, I like White Album over Sgt. Pepper. To be quite frank with you, I think overall there's a lot more hits than misses. But but it, I couldn't put it on my greatest albums because I just told you what my criteria is. My criteria is... Uh, I would have gone with the White Album over fucking Revolver. Oh, fuck off, dude. Fuck Yellow Submarine. That's what kills it. I won't listen to the record because I have to... We are living yeah, Get off the lewds, dudes. All right, dude. Whatever. Hater. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a bad one. That's bad. I'm actually, I'm like, looking through the track list, I'm like, fuck, maybe I should listen to the White Album again. 
It's a great record. I mean, and dude, I'm looking at a revolver and I'm like, yeah, no, I don't need to listen to that again. Um, it's a great record. I mean, like I said, the only reason why I didn't put White Album is because it's it's not a complete album. Like there's some misses on there where I I, I don't know. Revolver for me, at least, anyway, is is just. I like that record, man. Even, I mean, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Yellow Submarine. I think that could be the one weak link. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I should have went with Rubber Soul because I really love that album too. But, but, um, yeah, that I was. Res- I, I respect your pick. I, I that it's it's that, that was a hard one for me because I do love the Beatles, and man, you know, like like don't get me wrong, like one of my early favorite. Stones albums is Aftermath. I love that record, you know. But I went with the Mick Taylor era because I just like it better as a whole. But um, I feel you. Yeah, you know. So I feel you. And the Beatles, like I said, they're a band that I want to get into. But it's like every time I get into that trippy psychedelic shit, I hate it. Yeah, which is weird because I like fucking Hendrix. So what do I? You like Pink Floyd too? Uh, Yeah. And they're, I mean, I, I think Pink Floyd's kind of like psychedelic, progressive. There's definitely progressive elements in Floyd's music. But yeah, sure. that just, so it does kind of surprise me that you're not into, like, the Beatles a bit more than that, like, the, the, the psychedelic side of it. Because I'm like, well, but, but you like... Yeah, but I like the blues, and let's be honest with the Stones. Look, I always liked what Ian said. Beatles the greatest band in the world, Rolling Stones the greatest rock and roll band. I understand it. I understand their contribution to fucking music. Right. I just don't get it. <laughs> but their later stuff, the earlier stuff, you know, you want to call it teeny bopper or uh, bubble gum, whatever. Well, I like that stuff too. See, you're but on the opposite the rock spectrum of, the of Bill. Day. Bill likes the psychedelic, trippy shit. He kind of disparages the early shit. Oh, it's boy band shit. I'm like, really, really? Now, see, that bothers me because he'll every say, band in the world, the animals, but the I'll, Yardbirds, everybody was like that. I get fired up when Bill says that for only one reason. I hate it when they call the Beatles a boy band. The boy bands were bands that were fucking, they, they, they were They were put together. They did a, the Beatles yeah, they were not right fabricated, their own shit. man. Yeah, like give me a yeah. fucking break here, you know. They just evolved. That's all they did. They just evolved and they changed, man. Nothing in wrong this, with it. I will tell you this, in the 60s, the Beatles were doing it better. They yeah. were getting all the notoriety, and they were just doing what the animals were doing. You yeah. know, like I said, what you know, what Cream was doing, what fucking uh, uh, the Yardbirds were doing. Sure, that, that was well, just let's be honest. And roll the Beatles the started. They started the British invasion. I mean, there's no, yes. there's no yes. debating that. And also, what the yeah, Beatles. I've did. really got a deep dive. These guys. There's just stuff that I hate. And it's funny because, like, the more I listen to like Lennon, because I have like a Lennon greatest hits album. Mm-hmm. I'm like. Dude, fuck that guy. Why did everybody think this guy was so great? Because I've got this greatest hits. These are supposed to be his greatest songs. And there's like four out of 15, 20 tracks that I'm like, okay, I like these. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm a George Harrison guy. So take that for what it's worth. Even though he's not as prolific as John and Paul, I really like a lot of his stuff. But I I love Paul's stuff, too. I mean, I think that in the case of the Beatles... John and Paul brought the best out in each other. I don't think either one of them were as good on their own as they were together. In my opinion. Maybe, you know? but everybody loves Wings, and I've never listened to a single fucking track by that band. I, there's some there's some good there's some good Wings songs. I like some of their stuff. I don't like everything they did. You know, but I can say that about a lot of fucking bands, you know. Well, you know sure, what I'm saying? Like sure. but um 
but it's just one of those situations with the Beatles, man, that, you know, it's like they brought rock and roll back. People have to remember their rock and roll history. Elvis got tied up in his movie deal. Buddy Holly, yeah. Richie Valens, the big bopper, got killed in a plane crash. Dead. That was a huge blow to rock and roll, ladies. Huge, because Buddy Holly would have been the king of rock and roll if he hadn't died. I think so, too. He, especially towards the end there, before he died, he was he was using string orchestras in his music. He was experimenting. Dude, and he the was Beatles amazing. had flat out said, I mean, dude, the Beatles, at first when they called themselves, they called themselves the Silver Beatles, and it was the Beatles, and it was spelled like a bug because of Buddy Holly and the Crickets. Buddy Holly was a huge influence on them. I don't see how anybody could deny that. But then you had Chuck Berry got in trouble because he, he, he took a minor over state lines. Didn't know she was a minor. Fucking Jerry Lee Lewis has that scandal with his cousin. You know, all this shit was happening with rock and roll. Little Richard, he quit for a while and became a minister. All this stuff was going on, you know, where it was almost like rock and roll kind of died down a bit. Funny uh, for number three, you're the Beatles. Uh-huh. Um, and, and really, I'm going to have to deep dive the Beatles. I like those two greatest hits records, the blue one and the red one. Yeah, that's their, yeah. That, that, yeah, that's, I, I like those. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna lie. Well, it's because they got all the hit. Yeah, records, dude, it's it, those. Like, if that's all the Beatles did, I'd be like, they're the greatest band that ever lived. I mean, those were my first two Beatles records as a kid. Well, mine too. But it's a perfect I also introduction heard, to the band. Yeah, but I also heard this one when I was a young lad. Ah. Again in. Heidelberg, Germany. Rolling Stones, Goat's Head Soup, 1973. Fuck your face. Dancing with Mr. D a hundred years ago. Coming down again. What a stoner song that is. And then my favorite, Heartbreaker, which is literally titled Doo-Doo-Doo-Doo-Doo, Heartbreaker. <laughs> Angie, what a great tune. Always been my favorite fucking stone song. Silver Train, Hide Your Love, Winter, which is really just hippie tripe. Uh, but it's still a good song. Can you hear the music of that star fucker? America release, Star Star. Oh, it is my all-time favorite, favorite, favorite Rolling Stones record. Even above Sticky Fingers. Even above Exile on Main Street. Even above Steel Wheels which I thought was a great 80s Stones record. Dude, Goat's Head Soup, always going to be at the top of my list. Always going to be in the front half when it's an all-genre kind of thing. I, I, I think it's the greatest album the Stones ever did. See, I disagree with that, but it's a great album. It's it's up there. It's definitely up there, but I like Sticky Fingers. Only Only two songs on this were not singles. That's how good this was. Well, I know, dude, but I don't know. There's just something about Sticky Fingers that I just... It's a fucking... I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I'm not shitting on Goathead Soup. It's a great fucking... I just told you the Mick Taylor era is flawless. <laughs> I, I know. That's why I was like... That's why I was like, I'm with you, but it's a different record. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's just a... I mean, yeah, that, that run of records is fucking phenomenal. Man. Um, the Melvin's front man, Buzz Osborne, his favorite era of the Rolling Stones is ours. The Mick Taylor era. He's just like fucking flawless you know so uh, dude they were on top of the world if you ask me yeah they were that was when they hit their their peak and i know that sounds crazy because they were hugely successful in the 60s and i'm not again i'm gonna use that word disparaging or putting down that era of the band brian jones was great i love i mean i already said paint of black's my all-time favorite stone song okay aftermath great record but 
I don't that, know. Black's that, fucking that Nick, amazing. That Nick Taylor era, you know, you know, guy came from uh, John Mayall's Blues Breakers, and it just that he he just brought some stank to that band. I can't argue with your pick, dude. Like I, I mean, let me let me put it this way: I like Sticky Fingers by maybe like a pubic hair or two more. You know, you know what I'm you saying? You know like, what? I'll you know what I'll give you that because Sticky Fingers and uh, Exile on Main Street, great uh, records. They're tied for a real close second, and I can't differentiate between Sticky Fingers and Exile. Yeah. But, and Sticky isn't Exile a double record? Oh man, I think so. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good stuff on that album too, man. So that's the one that's got like "Rip This Joint," right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit fucking wails, dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, that shit wails. It's fucking amazing. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. Goat's Head Soup. It, it, it's always been the one that, like, front to back, because with. With most Stones albums, I can I can skip a track or two. But even that hippie tripe fucking song, I'm going to listen to. You know, when I listen to uh, Goat's Head Soup, it's yeah. it's it's absolutely yeah. Amazing. Rip this joint, second track on the album. And yeah, it is. A, I thought it was a double album. Four signs, yeah. man. And yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, man, the Mick Taylor era, the fucking shit, dude. Dude, the shit's so good. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So good. So that's now, now we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Uh, we're getting down to number two. Who's taking this one? Um, you know what, dude? I'll let you go, man. Okay. I'm kind of excited. I think he'll be impressed. It's not necessarily my favorite album by this band. However, this one has no bad songs. My favorite album, maybe one or two, are not good. Pink Floyd, The Wall. Yes. Oh, That's your favorite my. album? Or this is the album? No. It's my second favorite Pink Floyd album. But this one is, there's not a bad song here. My favorite album is actually The Division Bell. Really? Because I just, I, I love the feel of it. Everything about that, dude, I can sit back and chill. And, oh, it, dude. That's amazing. The Division Bell is my favorite Pink Floyd album. But when I have to think about my favorite albums of all time, this is fucking flawless. You know, it's a it's a great great. concept record. It's so great, dude, that I almost feel bad it's not on my top ten because it's my all time favorite Floyd album. Are you kidding me? This did not make it. Nope. Oh my god! Just go hang your head in shame, stand in a corner. But it is my all time favorite Floyd album. Hey, Queen's Rock Operation Mindcrime didn't make my list either, so fuck off, man. I know it. God. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 yeah, this album is flawless. There ain't a bad song on it. I can definitely see why it's in your top ten. Um, maybe it should have been mine. I don't know what I would have taken off for it, though. My list is pretty fucking awesome. But It is really good. It is really uh, good. But... Well, I know what you would take. I'll fucking take that Beatles off, put the fucking Floyd album in there, about Mike. But, but um, anyway, yeah, I, 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 I can't argue with you, Bill Bush. The Wall is a masterpiece. It's you know, everybody all oh, Dark Side of the Moon. Look, I love Dark Side of the Moon. No, yeah, Dark I'm a big Side fan, is great, especially the Roger Waters. I just think that Roger Waters and Dave Gilmore, that combination was amazing. I know they don't get along with the fuck, but I don't care. Well, look, my favorite Pink Floyd album doesn't have Roger Waters. I know. And it's basically a shot across the bow of Roger Waters. Mm-hmm. But it's such a good album. But this, dude, there's nothing wrong with this. It makes sense. 
it's cohesive the music's amazing the little interludes unlike you know what's coming up next week where they annoyed the fuck out of me they work because they lead into something it's not like we have to have a minute and a half or two minutes of some bullshit mm -hmm. everything works it tells a really good story and i i Maybe that's what matters so much to me is it's talking about this guy that's just, man, what a piece of shit. <laughs> and he's like sinking into his own hole because he's such a piece of shit and then breaks out of it. You know, you go through this whole trial thing. Dude, amazing. And I'm sorry, Comfortably Numb is one of the greatest songs. It's up there with... Oh, my dad absolutely loves that song. Stairway. It's up there with fucking uh, uh, Freebird. Dude, it's up there with Against the Wind by Bob Seger. Oh, I love that song. It's just one of those classic songs that, much like uh, um, uh, Eagles there earlier, Hotel California, never gets old. But there's so many other great songs. Like my old rock station up there in New York would play Young Lust. And like you, you don't ever hear that anymore. They still play it to this day because I still tune into that station online. It's an absolutely amazing record. Um, it's like Waters trying to take over Pink Floyd, and then he had to get the boot because he was obviously a dick. But whatever. They put down a masterpiece. David Gilmore's guitar work on this album is absolutely ridiculous. I, I read an article where they were asking him how he gets his guitar tone, and all he said was, I'm pretty simple. I'm guitar into the amp, and you turn the amp up to the point of distortion and dial it back a half. Huh. Like a little half piece. And that's where I get my guitar tone. He's just a Fender Strat through a Marshall amp. Dude, it's absolutely fucking amazing. I, I don't know how it didn't make your list, because it's one of the greatest albums of all time. It was my number one, but halfway through this show, as I was looking at my list, I switched it to my number two. I don't know, dude. I, it, it was hard. It was hard leaving this off the list. Dude, this, I, this whole thing was hard. Yeah, right. So it's like, you know, um, yeah, I mean, looking back, I'm thinking, man, maybe I should have taken something off for it. Because, again, it was a struggle. There, there was a point in time I had Pink Floyd on my list uh, of the nice. wall. I mean, because I love that record, man. And and that's why I think I can kind of understand what that critic was saying back when Operation Mindcrime, because his point was that... Yes, they're different, but both flawless albums. Yes. That tell a compelling story. A cohesive story. Fuck compelling, cohesive. Compelling. It and makes cohesive. sense all yes. the way through. Yes, and 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 that's why he, I think that's why he was making the comparison to the wall. It's I, not that I I think I like that stuff because I like opera so much. Mm-hmm. And. An opera is telling a story. I mean, it's literally a play just set to music. Yeah, you're right. I mean, absolutely, man. You know, for sure. All right, cool. I, I, let's just say this. When I first heard The Wall, I was just a kid. Blew me away. And then I saw yeah, the movie. Yeah, me too. Same couch, Heidelberg, Germany. Um, but, man, when I heard Operation Mindcrime, man, it was like I was already a Queensryche fan. But after that, and that's still one of the best shows I've ever seen was... Metallica, Justice for All tour, um, with so Queensryche jealous. opening on the Operation Mindcrime tour, and they God played like damn. several songs from that album. It was fucking phenomenal, man. It was awesome. That's awesome. Was great show. Um, 
Yeah, it was it was amazing. It was fucking amazing, man. Um, like if I could ever cuss out my dad for anything, it would be dad. Why the fuck did you let that Christian Holy Roller bitch stop me from going to shows? Because I missed all my heroes. And that's why I always took my daughter to concerts. That's I, I'm so jealous you see it. <laughs> fucking yeah. Metallica and Queensryche. And it's, you know, it's the fun, uh, uh, I've seen Queensryche three times. Well, four if you count the the other version, you know, which um, that guy's a great vocalist too. But I've seen Queensryche. I've seen them actually perform Operation Mindcrime in its entirety, which was amazing. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, I've seen Queensryche like three, maybe four. Well, no, yeah. So, yeah, Pink Floyd, The Wall is my number two. I had to flip it. It was my number one. But the more I thought about it, the more I had to be real with myself. So, right what's your number two? All right, man. Now, there's going to be, in this band, uh, there's going to be an album. A lot of people say, oh, this is their greatest album. And it's kind of hard to argue. But this is my personal favorite album. And this is the album to me where... This band started off with a certain signature sound. Um, you could say they invented that sound. I think they did. And then they fucking tripled down on it with this album. Um, Master of Reality, Black Sabbath. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, you know, it's it, to me, it's the foundation of doom metal, stoner metal, and sludge metal. Uh, it's just a phenomenal album. Like... You can make, like, look, I love Black Sabbath 1. I love Paranoid. Paranoid, I can see where a lot of people consider it to be their masterpiece. There is not a bad song on Paranoid. You go down the Paranoid track listing, even. War Pigs, Paranoid, Planet Caravan, Iron Man, Electric Funeral, Hand of Doom, Rat Solid, which is instrumental, that goes right into Fairy Wear, Fairies Wear Boots. I can understand why a lot of people would consider it Sabbath's greatest album. It is a phenomenal album. And it's no sophomore slump, either. You know, like some bands, man, they write their first album and, and, and they take a big part of their lives to do it. They're preparing for their first album. They're writing all their best stuff because they're hungry and they're trying to fucking make it. And, you know, and they write the, their, you know, I mean, look at Guns N' Roses. A lot of albums, they peak with their first album. Sabbath did not. Don't get me wrong. Black Sabbath 1 is a great record. Paranoid was another level higher and in my opinion this album is another level higher when it comes to sabbath discography i feel like with a lot of other bands they have sister albums i feel like black sabbath one and black sabbath two or, or black sabbath one and paranoid are sister albums i feel master of reality and volume four are sister albums and i feel that sabbath play sabbath and sabotage are sister albums and of course technical ecstasy and never say die sister albums they're very similar to each other that's funny i never thought of that at all i've always because... felt that way i've always felt that way and to me this was the album where sabbath just took it to another level especially with heaviness man i only down tuned his guitar even further um it just got so much thicker and so much heavier than, and like i said paranoid i could see why people you know like i said i went down the track list man paranoid great amazing album i could see why people you know consider it sabbath's finest record and like i pointed out earlier man no sophomore slump there you know no not not at all but not at all this album i just feel like they took it to another level also as i said this was the first sabbath album i ever owned i didn't pay for it but my neighbor kevin he gave me a copy of old beat up vinyl but to me it was the fucking shit man and i just feel like this album 
I mean, come on, man, Sweet Leaf, After Forever, Embryo, which is an amazing instrumental that goes into Children of the Grave. Are you fucking kidding me? Then you got Orchid, which is this beautiful guitar instrumental, Lord of This World, Solitude, and then it ends with one of the most epic tracks ever made, in my opinion. I even did a track, uh, or a block of epic closing tracks, and I included this in it, Into the Void. I mean, this fucking record is just phenomenal, man. It's just... In my opinion, it's just a fucking masterpiece. This is when they just took that shit to another level. Really, if you want to think about it, most of your British heavy metal and hard rock, they don't... It's different than American hard rock. Uh, Yeah, American just... We just wanted to bang chicks, do drugs, drink beer, and go to bed. I mean, look at it this way. Sabbath epitomized gloom and doom. And what is grunge? A lot of it's gloom and doom, right? Oh, they're so sad. Yeah, and, and then fucking... But Kiss... I always said if Black Sabbath epitomized gloom and doom, Kiss epitomized sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And then, of course, bands like Van Halen and stuff, they took that formula and ran with it. And really, I mean, you want to talk about a band. But again, even the grunge guys loved Kiss. All of them were Kiss fucking fanatics. All of them. I mean, you're talking about those bands, you know, Kiss, Sabbath, Purple, you mentioned, Priest, um, Zeppelin. I mean, all of them, man. Aerosmith and, you know, they all... Alice Cooper, they all influenced everything that that followed, you know, and to me, Master Reality is just a a perfect, perfect record and kind of was fighting my number one spot here. It was really hard for me to, but I finally settled on my number one, so. All right, well then, what's your number one? Well, don't you want to do your number two? I did, did, Pink Floyd. Okay, I'm sorry, my number one? Gotta keep it metal, baby. Ozzy Osbourne, Diary of a Madman is a fucking masterpiece. Oh, my God. I just feel like it's a perfect, perfect album. I know some people want to mention... Look, I love Blizzard of Oz. Blizzard of Oz. Fuck Blizzard. Fuck Blizzard. Blizzard's great. Diary. Blizzard's great, but Diary's better. And I'll tell you one of the things that makes it better. I love uh blizzard of oz but there's one song i'm not real big on in fact i feel that the the single that they put out later you look at me look at you i think is a much better song than no bone movies i think no bone movies is not that great it's okay randy's i, I actually like no don't no really bone movies. i'm not that yeah. big on that song man it's okay but it's my I, least, oh it's not great it's my least favorite of that album where Agreed. i think I think uh, Diary, I mean, Over the Mountain, Flying High Again, You Can't Kill Rock and Roll, Believer, Side One, Are You Fucking Kidding Me? And then oh, Little nice. Dolls, a great deep track. Little Dolls, and I love Ozzy's vocals and how, I mean, obviously he would never be able to do that live. He would have had to have, like, I mean, maybe if he was to do it now, he could do the one part, you know, because you know how it's like, nowhere to run, you'll fade yeah. in. You'd have to have multiple backing he would have to, to make have it sound or, well. Or have Zach pick up the backing vocal like you know just because zach when he sings kind of sounds like ozzy sometimes so i think it could be done but ozzy would have to do the nowhere to run and zach would have to your fate is in his hand. but such a great song tonight what a great ballad under oh, yeah. when they talk about the great ozzy ballads i'm like fuck it's a beautiful sato that goes right into diary this is one of those albums again that it's very i mean i'll play songs on my show from it but it's very difficult for me. It's one of those albums where I feel like I should play in its entirety. It is an absolute ma- masterpiece. Ozzy's band, he had a shit hot lineup here with fucking, uh, you know, you've got, you got Ozzy, you got 
you got Randy, you got Bob Daisley and Lee Kerslake. It's just a phenomenal album. What else is there to be said, you know? I, dude, I don't know. Diary is my favorite Ozzy album. See, another thing we have in common, bro. We it is my favorite Ozzy album. And I'm telling you what, it wins with the title track alone. Now, oh, my God. I think that's Ozzy's greatest song probably uh, ever. Solo and, and And possibly what we got to know of him, Randy's greatest guitar work. I mean, I oh. love D. What D's on a blizzard, right? Yeah. At the end of it there, man, diary. Holy fuck. And I and I love all the eighties Ozzy. Well, oh, I know the you later do. Yeah, 80s. I do. The, hey, the, the ultimate sin to me, I, is amazing. I I Mark love it. The moon rules, but dude, diary is fucking ridiculous. I I think Ozzy was on a great. Even I'll tell you what. And some people disagree with me on this. You know, they'll go, oh, No More Tears is the last great Ozzy record. I disagree. I think the last really great Ozzy album is after No More Tears. And that is a very, un in my opinion, very underrated album. I'm like, man, this album's heavy as fuck. It's got a very big Sabbath feel to it. It's probably why I love it as much as I do. But Osmosis, I think, is a very underrated Ozzy record, man. Is that the one with Perry Mason? Yeah, it's got Perry Mason, Thunder dude, Underground. Dude, that song's heavy as fuck. Fucking Thunder Underground, dude. My Jekyll doesn't hide. The fucking Denial. Underground. No, yeah. dude, that's a good record. I know, but there's some people that hate on it, man. And I'm like, oh. I don't know why. Hell, I even think Down to Earth's got some good songs on it, man. So Ozzy didn't start kind of where I felt like I wasn't big on Black Rain. That was the first album where I'm like, oh, I don't know about this record. Still not big on that. But then he followed up with Scream, and I think Scream's got some banners too. So take that what you will. I no, you know what? I like that record. What Scream? <laughs> yeah. I do too. I I, I love that song. I particular. love my digging Scream me down. That's just hot, dude. <laughs> dude, digging me down is my favorite song. I love that song. That's man. badass. That's your number one, Ozzy Dyer. That's my number one, man. It's it's just a, yeah. That's my number now, one. Now let me ask you a question. Would that be your number one in a top ten metal albums? Probably. Probably. Nice. nice. Yeah, it's I, just I, a perfect. I, yeah, it would I be. Appreciate that. It would. It, it just. It's just a perfect record. My number one. You just hit me off with uh, Ozzy Osbourne, Dyer of a Madman. Which is one of the greatest metal albums of all time. It's one of them. Top 20 at least. My favorite album of all time. Dude, Kiss Alive. Come on. It's what got me into hard rock and heavy metal. By accident. Because clown shit. What a great fucking record. This is the quintessential. If you want to listen to a good hard rock album. Now... Arguably, in the late 70s, early 80s, we could call this a metal album because of the way everything was just kind of lumped in. I mean, come on, Bon Jovi was called fucking metal. This is the quintessential fucking live record. There is not a bad song on this son of a bitch. It's taken from the first three solo records. Most of it recorded in Detroit at Cobo Hall, and I forget what the other half of it's recorded, and then, you know, the rest in the studio. But I'm okay with that. I don't care because I've decided that I like studio live albums more than live albums. <laughs> Deuce, Strutter, Got to Choose, Hotter Than Hell, Firehouse, Nothing to Lose, Come On and Love Me, Parasite, which, oh my God. <laughs> 
oh my God, could could be one of the greatest Kiss songs of all time. She, Watching You, 100,000 Years, Black Diamond, which is my favorite Kiss song. Yes. Rock Bottom, which this is, the, this is actually my only contention on this record. Because I love the studio version of Rock Bottom because the intro was much longer. I but love have that. you noticed, though, with the studio version, the intro is much longer, but the guitar solo in the studio version is shorter. But in the live version, the intro is shorter, but Ace's guitar solo is longer by quite a bit. Yeah, I don't care. I like. I love both versions, but I love that intro that Ace wrote. That that intro is oh, fucking it, awesome. And it totally moves into the fractured mirror thing that he did in mm. his solo records. Cold Gin, Rock and Roll All Night, close the show with Let Me Go Rock and Roll. If you want to convey to kids, especially kids these days, this is what a rock and roll show is supposed to be. Minus Paul Stanley's stupid fucking raps. Which aren't as bad on this album as they later became. As they later got. As time went on, man. Yeah, he started saying the same shit over and over and over and over. Uh, But I will say this. I'm going to say this, and it's something I should have said before. This album encapsulates everything that's great about Kiss. Like, if anybody who doesn't know Kiss and wants to know, this is the record I hand to him and go, listen to this. This is quintessential kiss absolutely you hand him this and say don't listen to anything else because people are so dude you like it you don't like it i am very i don't know that i'm open-minded because i'm very closed-minded i'm very get off my lawn about music but this is one of those bands where i only have a couple of gripes throughout their entire discography obviously you know obviously i'm a crazy nights fan and everyone bitches about that album I'm a Hot in the Shade fan, and everybody bitches about that album. I love how they, oh, this is what's popular, we're going to do this, we're going to do it well. And this is what's popular, we're going to do this, we're going to do it well. The only time they fucked that up was Unmasked, as far as I'm concerned. That's the only shit album they've released, as far as I'm concerned. The rest of them, well, no, Sonic Boom, boy, that's rough. (laughs) But Monster Rules, as far as albums I always go back to. I've given you my nine. Number ten, definitely, or number one rather, Kiss Alive. And I had to flip-flop, dude. Pink Floyd the Wall and Kiss Alive were they were doing battle. The whole time we were talking, I was looking at that shit. I'm saying this was a struggle, Bush, for me. Just ranking them and then just picking the ones that made the top ten. Just picking the ones that made the top ten was fucking hard. Let alone ranking them. Like now, what were things you uh, tossed out? Give me a few of the things you tossed out. Oh, here's some of my honorable mentions. And uh, okay, uh, Queensrÿche, Operation Mindcrime, um, Stanley Hampton, Sammy Hagar, ACDC. Really, Stanley Hampton? Yeah, it's one of almost those... made your list, huh? Well, I mean, it's That's an. Awesome. I, I don't know if it almost made my list, but it's it's an honorable mention. It's it's a record I love. As far as his solo albums, it's my favorite. Um, okay. ACDC. A tie between Power Rage and, and Highway to Hell. And that's one reason why they didn't make the list. It's like I couldn't yeah. couldn't make my mind up which one I love better. Rain and Blood. It would have been it would have been Power Rage and uh uh Back in Black. Um Slayer, Rain and Blood. Um, nice. Johnny Cash, Live at Folsom Prison. Willie Nelson, the Redheaded Stranger, The Who, Tommy, Fleetwood Max, Rumors, Motorhead with Overkill, Rush, Twenty One Twelve, Pink Floyd, The Wall, Elton John, Goodbye, Yellow Brick Roll. Or road, 
Michael Jackson, Thriller, uh, Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell, or Mob Rules. I love that era, too. Dio, Holy Diver, Crowbar, Oddfellows Rest, King Diamond, Them, Merciful Fate, Don't Break the Oath, Anthrax, Among the Living, Death Angel, The Ultra Violence, Violence, Eternal Nightmare, Typo Negative, Bloody Kisses, Bob Seger, Night Move, Stranger in Town, or Live Bullet. Any three of those could have worked. I mean, dude, the list just goes on. I could go on. Machine yeah. Head, my eyes. I could go. There's so many records. Even in the 70s, man, Aerosmith, fucking Toys in the Attic. I mean, I could... Judas Priest, Stained Glass. See, see it's I, so I could, funny. Aerosmith didn't even cross me. My uh, shortened list took out Cheap Trick at Budokan. See, I love Cheap Trick, uh, too. They're a great band. Uh, see, I'm a casual fan, but at Budokan, what a great album. See, I don't uh, see how come you don't like more of them, especially if you like a band like Poison, but okay. Because I've never dug deep. You really should. Um, I, uh, I would Megadeth. say the first three or four studio albums are fantastic, dude. Go ahead. I, I, I've got to check them out sometime. Yeah. Uh, Megadeth Peace Cells got pulled for Rust in Peace. Um, we flipped over Pink Floyd and that. Um, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic was originally on my list. See, I'm more of a Mother Milk's guy, but uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic's good record. Great album. B.B. King, Live at Cook County Jail. Ooh, was on my good list. One. You know what? Here's another one. Jane's Addiction, Nothing Shocking. Great record. Yo, hell yeah. White Zombie, Lost Sex Persisto. CCR, Cosmos Factory was on oh, my fuck. list. Oh, fuck. CCR. Great band. Can't believe Dude, <laughs> it's so hard. It was so hard to... And and like you just like okay what what do what, what do I go back to what you know in all these different genres mm-hmm. I mean because remember I had to keep NWA I had to because I think it's such an important record but I I kicked him out over BB King and like BB King's like my favorite blues guy of all time BB oh, King's awesome Stevie Ray Vaughan man he, yes the sky is crying. And Texas Flood both fucking got kicked off my list. <laughs> Eric Clapton, Journeyman, great album. I mean, there's so many great rock and metal, oh, yeah. just music albums. Not just rock. Like I said, I mentioned, we mentioned some country, too. You know, like, well, hell, yeah. country's on your list. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, are you fucking kidding me? You know, like, yeah. Um, just I think the point of this is to show everybody that there's so much great music out there oh yeah and sometimes we get stuck in our heads you know we love this genre so much because believe me i love hard rock and heavy metal but there's so much other stuff that i love and that's why i was like no let's just do a top 10 where it's look make it hard mm-hmm. <laughs> and could this list change tomorrow uh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> yeah. It uh, could change right now. We could do wait, another I, whole three hours on why these are wrong. Well, I definitely would like to do some more top 10 album. Um, not bands, but, you know, like, uh, well, we can do those too. Like when you had the top five Iron Maiden, top, I like doing that too, but I, I definitely would like to do some different genres and subgenres and stuff if, if, you, if you're down for that, man. Like, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm down anytime as long as I know the music. Right, right. Um, another thing I think we need to do, we kind of, 
By the way, speaking of that, last week we were talking about uh, in the news Kirk Hammett releasing his little EP. Uh-huh, right. Have you heard it? No, I have not. I cannot get through it. Oh, really? That bad? I don't know that it's bad. It's pretentious. Mm. Um, there's no vocals. It's an instrumental album, uh. which is what I was hoping against. Because if I want to hear an instrumental, I can go to the greats. Vi, Satch, Malmsteen. Right. It's only four songs, but dude. The album's called Portals. It's an EP. Maiden and the Monster. Seven minutes, 17 seconds. Oh, wow. The Gin. Six minutes, 57 seconds. High Plains Drifter. Now look, I listened to this on YouTube. Four minutes, 46 seconds. Let me tell you what. Skip to three minutes and it starts to get okay. And then we have the incantation, which is eight minutes. So you have a full record. You have like 30 minutes worth of music in these four songs. I, uh, I wasn't digging it. I will go back and give it a chance. But I think it's very pretentious, and he is not a good enough guitar player to try to pull all this shit off. Which is why he has all these strings and all these much better musicians on the album. Again, that's on first listen. I need to let it mellow. But that four song EP, you can buy it on Apple Podcast or uh, on iTunes Music or Apple Music, whatever they're calling it, for like three ninety nine. That's how big this is. I've, I've spent more money for an EP that was much better. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's uh, it it it's it's rough. It's definitely rough. Okay, man. But I'm gonna try it out. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep trying because I don't hate Kirk Hammett. He's just not as good as the original guy. Ha! Well, I mean, come on, let's be fair. I mean, the original guy is probably one of the greatest thrash men. I mean, out of all the big four, for sure. And and you can make the argument that, as I said, there's, in my opinion, I mentioned Alex Skolnick from Testament. I said the thrash, the greatest thrash metal guitarist not named Dave Mustaine. Right. And, and, and I'm not, look, I mean, Kirk's great. The, the guys that have played in Anthrax are great. Uh, fucking, you know. We're not Hanneman, taking away from Kerry, anybody's no, skill God, no, level. Man. I mean, yeah, Kerry King, Jeff Hanneman, those guys were fucking awesome. But, Fuck yeah. I mean, come on, man. Dave was like. Was he's a different just, level. Yeah. And that's why Rust and Peace was on my list, because Marty Friedman just added to it. Because they just played in those different scales and tonalities and. It's amazing. So let's do this. I want you to go 10 to 1. Give us your top 10 one more time. Fair enough, man. All right. Let's see here. Top 10. Number 10, Pantera, Vulgar Display of Power. Number 9, Metallica, Master of Puppets. Number 8, Megadeth, Peace Cells. Number 7, The Eagles, Hotel California. Number 6, Van Halen debut album. Number five, Rolling Stone, Sticky Fingers. Number four, Kiss Alive. Number three, The Beatles, Revolver. 
Number two, Black Sabbath, Master of Reality. And number one, Ozzy Osbourne, Diary of a Madman. Outstanding. And for me, number 10, Queensryche Operation, Mind Crime. Number nine, NWA, Straight Outta Compton. Uh, number eight, Elton John, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Number seven, The Cure, Disintegration, which is going to be an uncovered gem for us coming up. Number six, Megadeth, Rust in Peace. Boy, that was tough. <laughs> God damn, that was tough. Number five, Sammy Hagar, Standing Hampton. Uh, number four, Hank Williams Jr., The Pressure Is On. Three, Rolling Stones, Goathead Soup. Two, Pink Floyd, The Wall. Number one, Kiss Alive. Now, I can tell you that Bushy and Metal Mike will both say, or Metal Mike and Bushy will both say, that, uh, yeah, this could change tomorrow. <laughs> right. And, yeah. But as of right now, these are For our sure. top ten greatest albums of all time. And we might even contradict each other later, like if we do a top ten hard rock, heavy metal albums of all time, or top ten glam metal, or top ten thrash metal. I mean, it could it could change, you know. But right yeah. now, this is where I'm at. So yeah, dude, it, dude, this was so hard. Oh. Obviously, uh, we started recording at six o'clock. It's nine thirty. Yeah, dude, this was hard. And uh, I actually enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it. What did What did you think about this? Well, I, I did have fun. It was a lot of fun, man. You know, at the end of the day, a lot of work. It was kind of painful in parts. But, very, very stressful. But uh, stressful. but but very very cool. Well, all right, Metal Mike. I think we're ready to get out of here. Uh, do you have anything to promote? Actually, I do. Uh, just okay, came out recently. Suck. Um, the thrash metal band Destruction from Germany, part of what is considered the big four of Teutonic thrash metal. You have Creator, you have uh, um, Sodom, Tankard, and then you got these guys, Destruction. And this is their newest band, just came out, or new album, newest album, 2020's Diabolical. And I love the cover because it's a dude, a metalhead, and he's like in this body of water, and he's like kind of like. Like it's toxic waste, and he's a zombie, and he's missing his hand, but his other hand is holding the one hand, and, and and he's holding the one hand with the devil, throwing the devil horns, and the hand that's no longer part of him has the devil horns too. It's fucking an amazing cover. That's um, awesome. Yeah, um, just a killer, killer band. Been around for a long time, like I said. Um, the German thrash metal. Um, the vocals are a little bit more abrasive than here in the States, uh, more guttural. Let's just put it this way. A lot of your German thrash metal bands were a big influence on Max Cavalera of Sepultura. It, okay, so, that's fair. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, uh, really, really good stuff, man. This new record's fucking a ripper if you like thrash metal. These are guys that have been doing it since fucking 84, 85, man, and are still going strong. So, yeah, check it out, man. Destruction by... Diabolical by destruction. God damn it, I'll get it out. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't have a uh, plug, but uh, hey, check out Kirk Hammett Portals and tell me if I'm wrong. I've got to listen to it, uh, you know, a few more times. I'll tell you, it's no passion of warfare based on what I heard. <laughs> right on, right on. But you know, also another additional plug. I want to plug that metal station, all the amazing DJs, and make sure you check out some of our good friends, the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with uh, Ralphier, aka Doctor Fuck, and Ian Wadley, aka Wadzilla. Um, Hell yeah! 
you know, there's the Rock All Over You podcast with Eric Jordan, RMCP, and Ed, Edwin Cast. Say it again, Canastracci? <laughs> Edwin Canastracci. Canastracci, okay. Canastracci. Edwin Canastracci, really good guys, man. And uh, we definitely got to do a crossover episode soon, fellas. I don't, I don't know if I can go toe-to-toe with Edwin. He's like deep, dude. He's like yeah. he's like talking to Vince. He's dude, like, I would like to fucking... I, I'm, he's I like, I he, saw this guy's pimple on the left side of his right nut. <laughs> you know, I, I, I would no love shit. to talk to Edwin. I'd love to talk to Edwin. He's, he's very knowledgeable. I would, too. I would uh, too. We're just going to be out of our element. Or maybe when I say we, I mean me. Yeah, you. Uh, speak for yourself. <laughs> and um, following that, we also have, of course, the Freeform Rock podcast. And with Mark Alden Taylor and Lee Gersman and Mark Alden Taylor, is a DJ now for that metal station. He just had his debut show last week. He's going to be on the air tonight. It's, of course, I believe, uh, 11 p.m. 11 p.m. Eastern. 11 p.m. Eastern to 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which I think is like, what, 10 p.m.? 9 p.m. No, 8 p.m. Yeah, 8 p.m. West Coast. So I don't know if I'll be able to make his show tonight. I need to let him know because I'm supposed to go over and hang out with my brother for a while. So did did you listen to him last week on his debut? Yes, I did. He did a good Dude, job. I I tried. Yeah, and he did a really I, good I, job, man. I'm proud 10 of. Ten thirty, I crashed. He killed it, as far as I'm concerned. He did. I mean, his mic presence was good. He played pretty cool stuff overall. I mean, there was a few things where I'm like, ah, it's not really my thing. But he did a great job. And like I told him, it's like it's your show, Mark. Like, yeah, have fun, you know, man. Yeah, have fun with it. You know? Look, so, Bushy plays Hanson, Debbie Gibson, Millie Vanilli, fucking Tiffany. Fuck it. Have fun. Right, you know. Yeah, Bushy. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, guys. If people listen to this asshole, could you believe that? <laughs> yeah, but you know what, man? Uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. So do you want to let the listeners know what our next episode is going to be about? Or do you want to keep them in suspense? Or Well, I could tell, I could tell you that uh, our next episode. Hold on. I got a boy. Yeah, you fucked me up. So our next episode is going to be our top 10 glam albums of all time. That's it might Now, be when you say glam, do you mean glam rock and glam metal? Ah, uh, you didn't metal? specify. Well, so I just want to know. Glam. I'm asking what's the parameters here. Cause it's glam. Glam. So you're talking glam rock and glam metal. Okay. Glam. Yeah. That's all right. What you said that was a stipulation. Yeah. As as you're hearing this, you would have heard, uh, what was it, uh, Metal Lords and Batman, and then next week you're going to get an uncovered gem, and then you're going to get this episode, and then I got to figure out fucking glam albums. Oh, you suck so bad. I think this is going to be harder for me than this one, and this one was pretty hard. Well, I mean, it all depends with me. I mean, if you're going to throw in glam rock, I like some of that stuff, too, so I'll be able to find some stuff on that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Because I honestly was thinking more like glam metal, but if you're going to include glam rock in that, okay, cool. (laughs) This will be one of those where, you know how, like, you had mostly metal albums in your top ten? (laughs) (laughs) So maybe the glam metal will (laughs) take over. Uh, we'll see, because I do like Bowie. Uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to be easy, but we'll figure it out, dude. Hell yeah, hell yeah. 
this is a great time, man. I really appreciate this. Uh, Always a great time doing this with you, brother. Hell yeah. Uh, Metal Mike, final thoughts? Keep fighting the good fight and stay metal to your dying breath. Hell yeah. Oh, I almost messed with Aaron Camaro. I love you. I got to get you on this show. Bye, Vinyl. We'll see you next week. <laughs> hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it, too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well that's okay. Cause we'll see you very soon, I know. Very soon, I know. What the fuck? Is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on the plug. See you next week. Baby, baby, I've been so sad since you've been gone. Way back to New York City. Yeah.